You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you for week four, the sort of final week of our Star Wars month. Oh, what a month it's been. We've gone through all the classics, all the beloved Star Wars films that no one's ever seen and we are here to wrap it up with one that... I feel more people have probably seen than the other three that we've covered. We're here to do Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's uh, it's an animated film that was released in 2008, set between Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3. And, um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I'd never seen this one before. This, and now I have. So we'll find out what I thought of it. Uh, my name is Ben, and why can't you be a tiny little mouse droid? And my name is Colin, otherwise known as Punky Muffin. Oh, I, I knew that's what Jamie called you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, I, I, I've never seen this before. I don't know why. I think we went over this a little bit last week. But, um, you know, I have to say that I think kind of the way we've arranged these and the, the weeks that we've done them uh, probably did them definitely from our worst to best. Uh, <laughs> so, good job organising that. But, um I mean, as I went over last week, my history is I was going to see this film. Uh, I didn't. And now, finally, I've seen this film. So, there you go. There's my history. How about your history with this, Colin? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I see everything Star Wars as soon as it came out. I knew about this movie long before it came out. I mean, knew about the TV show even earlier than that. Because it was pretty much as soon as Revenge of the Sith was done, George Lucas said, we're done with the movies, but we have two TV shows we're developing one was supposed to be a live-action show called Star Wars Underworld. The other one was the animated series The Clone Wars. So, you know, I'd been waiting for this for three years, and, you know, pretty much every single time news came out, I'm like, okay, well, you know... Uh the Clone Wars, that whole era, and... Uh, you know, we'll go into a bit of the history in a little bit, but, uh, you know, they'd kind of been playing around with this even before Revenge of the Sith came out. Uh, so to set this, you know, this movie in the middle seemed really exciting. Uh, what the movie is, is it's basically just the first few episodes of the TV show or a few episodes of the TV show edited together. But I remember when that news first came out, they said, you know, we're looking at the first episodes and... You know, we're like, well, these are good enough to be on a big screen. And George was like, well, why don't we put them on a big screen? So um, I, I, I remember this opening weekend and everything. And, it, you know, it, I definitely didn't go into expecting it to be what the episodes are. But I think for what it was, it definitely got me interested in the TV show, as it did a lot of people. I remember, you know, like the ads and all that sort of stuff for it. And kind of, you know, as I said, really wanting to go and see this. Um, but I just don't know why I didn't. And like, um, you mentioned that how there was meant to be a live action TV show. I remember all the news around that. And it just, I mean, what happened to that while we're on that topic? Did that just die or Disney came in or like, I don't know. I always was always looking out for news on that live action TV show, but it just Mm -hmm. never happened. Yeah. I mean, the last that I heard George Lucas talking about, and this was probably 2010, 2011. At that point, I'm assuming he was already thinking about, you know, selling to Disney, uh, but they had just said, you know, just that the size of this show was too big, that they were nowhere near figuring out how they could make a budget around the live action TV show. But the only thing I knew about that that Underworld TV show was that it was going to uh, deal, and one of the things was that... J- 
Teen would kind of be there as a presence, but not like a main star. Otherwise, it would be like a completely original thing. And as far as I know, Disney just sort of scrapped that, although I have heard they have their own live-action TV show that's in the works now, as they did with an animated show that eventually took over for The Clone Wars. Well, I honestly do feel ashamed that as a Star Wars fan that I just really have never really paid too much attention to all these other things. I don't know. Like, I mean, I've just never been that huge on animation. I don't go out of my way to see it. Um... So, I mean, that's probably where it comes down to. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this was, this was interesting. I don't know. I, I really didn't know what to expect with this. Um, because, I mean, I find it interesting kind of, you know, in the in the lead-up, obviously, to Last Jedi, we're talking about doing rewatches just on our own, own personal accord, sort of in the lead-up to The Last Jedi. And sort of we're now like, oh, you know, we now have to watch eight films instead of six films, obviously, with The Force Awakens and Rogue One. But I always find it intriguing that you kind of, why isn't this included in that? Because this is technically taking place in between two films like Rogue One is. So mm-hmm. why is this kind of not considered as much as, say, Rogue One is now? Is it because it's not live action? It's because it's animated? Or why Why is that? Um, I mean, you could say because uh-huh. it's animated. I think more than anything, the perception of this movie changed. And what's interesting is, you know, we'll go through another thing in the box office on the end of this, but I remember when this movie came out and people said, this movie was such a big bomb because they're expecting a Star Wars movie to make $300 million instead of looking at it for what it was, which was a theatrical launching of a TV show. Now, this was the first one to really do that. And nowadays we have, like, every time there's a big TV show, like, they just tried it with Marvel's Inhumans and Game of Thrones does it and Doctor Who does it, you know, pretty much every year. They'll put, like, a premiere in theaters for a few weeks. And that's basically what George Lucas wanted to try with this. So maybe because this is, more than anything, the pilot for an animated TV show, it kind of gets looked at differently from the movies. And I think, especially now, having seen the entire series, you know, I kind of view this more as the beginning of the TV show and less of a movie spinoff. So when it comes to the DVD releases, do they include this in the TV series box set, or do you have to buy this separately? Um, I think you have to buy it separately. I mean, I'm sure there's one out there where you can buy it as part of the box set. But I know that when uh, they made the deal, uh, when the Clone Wars, well, just to explain a little bit on the Clone Wars series, it ran for five years when Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm. Obviously, they could continue to air Clone Wars if they wanted to. But the whole idea is, you know, let's air something that we own and because the cartoon network had the rights to air this disney's like well why are we just going to take the profits for producing Mm -hmm. it when we get the profits for producing and airing it so they canceled the clone wars so they could create the rebels tv show they had already completed several episodes of season six so they kind of worked on finishing out season six released it to exclusively to netflix and i remember that week where all of clone Wars season six came out just on netflix they basically released the entire tv show and the movie at the same time so even though they are sold separately it's kind of looked at as a package deal the movie and the tv series all six seasons there you go i'm getting a history lesson here today this is uh this is fascinating um I mean, this is kind of obviously where we're probably going to a bit of background here. I mean, kind of just going over, I guess, some of the production things with it in terms of cast and everything, and then Colin can help me fill in some of the other bits, which you've kind of already gone over really here anyway, because I'm just a dumb and a casual Star Wars fan, apparently. Um, obviously, this was, you know, as I mentioned, released in 2008. Um, and it actually, in terms of the original cast from the, the prequels... Um, 
actually surprised me that uh, Samuel L. Jackson was uh, in this uh, mm-hmm. alongside Mace Windu. Well, he is Mace Windu, not alongside. I mean, <laughs> you know, sure. Um, <laughs> they're two different people. Um, and uh, who else did we have? Uh, Christopher Lee, apparently. Just, you know, why not? He loved Dooku so much that he went along with that. Uh, I mean, it's no surprise that Anthony Daniels doesn't mean he does everything with C-3PO. Has he ever not done anything with C-3PO in it? Um yeah, I mean they're kind of the, the the ones really the main ones. I mean, outside of that, uh, we we touched on a little bit last week about Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker, um, Ashley Eckstein as what isn't even in that girl's name? Uh, Ash Ash Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, I just I don't know why I kept writing down Juju. I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard a name and I'm like, let's call her Juju. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, we'll get to her. Um, and then, yeah, Tom Kane was Yoda. Uh, James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan. The esteemed James Arnold Taylor. Um, I don't even know who that is. Uh, D Bradley. I've never heard of half these people. Um, now, now, I mean, give us some... I, I want some more details about this, and you, you seem to know a bit about it. But, I mean, did they even go out... Did they try? I mean, Hayden Christensen wasn't doing too much after 2005, was he? I mean, was he just trying to distance himself, or was he too involved in Jumper at this point? Surely they could get bloody, you know, Hayden Christensen. I mean, maybe not, you know, Ewan McGregor and people like that, but I don't know. Well, I mean, no, this is something that's actually interesting about the TV show, Um the first person they really got before we even get to the cast was yeah. the the director Dave Filoni, who basically served as like this. They called him the supervising director, and he was basically the guy who ran this show for George Lucas. George Lucas actually had a lot of involvement in the show, but he wasn't going to sit yeah. there and map out. Well, we need to do this. Like he wasn't going to have the final say on everything turned up on screen. Uh, Dave Filoni came from the an animated show called Avatar: The Last yeah. Airbender, which most people are most familiar with the terrible movie that M Night Shyamalan made, and don't realize that the the TV series was like amazing. Oh, I knew, and I knew, I heard about it because I remember when uh, James Cameron's Avatar came out. I was like, oh, they're making that yeah. into a into a movie. I'm like, oh wait, no, different. Yeah, wow. and and as much as I'm not a fan of James Cameron's Avatar, I much prefer that over Shyamalan's <laughs> The Last Airbender. <laughs> but like the Last Airbender show was so different wow. because it wasn't like a cartoon. It didn't even feel necessarily like a kids show. It was like this big. It felt like Star Wars in a way. And one of the things that Dave Filoni did differently was wow. he didn't sit there in the traditional way and record you know an animated movie by bringing an actor in to read wow. the lines, and then six weeks later you bring in the other actor. He would have the cast all in one room, and they'd basically do a live reading of it, and they'd animate around that. So that's what they brought to the Clone Wars animated show. Uh, They had, you know, their regular cast, and the obvious exceptions here being Samuel Jackson and Christopher Lee. But every single episode of the Clone Wars, they would have all the actors there sitting in the same recording studio, literally standing next to each other, not even separated, and they would record it live with each other. Uh, So the cast was in place when they made this movie for the entire show. What happened when they said, let's make this a theatrical movie is George Lucas is like, well, let's, we got to add a little bit yeah. of name power just to, you know, increase the interest on it. And the two people who are most available and willing to do yeah. it was Samuel Jackson, because, of course, everybody knows he's like the biggest Star Wars fan ever. And Christopher Lee, because, well, Christopher Lee's in about yeah. 90 movies a year still. <laughs> so he brought them on to record their parts just for this. But the, the TV show debuted only a month after this movie came out. I think it was a month, month yeah. and a half. And... Christopher Lee or Samuel Jackson never recorded a voice for it again. They were brought in just for the movie. Right, right. Um, 
Catherine Tabor as Padme. Um, who is she? <laughs> she? She does a good Natalie Portman. Yeah, she and does. Somehow is less obnoxious with the sound of her voice. Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, for the most part, they sounded pretty decently. Except mm. for Palpatine, I would say. I mean, he was kind of shit. <laughs> you know what? You got to watch because uh, the guy who did the voice for Palpatine, uh, who actually think he 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 brought a lot of personality, you know, to an animated character over some of the other episodes, but uh, he died in between seasons. So the final two seasons, they actually got Tim Curry to do the voice of Palpatine. Oh, wow. So watch some of those episodes to see a superior voice Palpatine. I'd be down to see Frankenfurter doing some Palpatine. Why not? Um. And, and Matthew Wood as Battle Droid, is, is he the same guy who did the voices of the Battle Droids in, like, the prequels? Because I swear they said a different. He's, yeah, well, he not only is that, I mean, he actually is a crew member. He oh. was one of the, the sound uh, editors on the prequel movies, and he was the voice of General oh. Grievous in Episode 3. So when they made the Clone Wars animated series, they said, well, not only are we going to make you General Grievous, we'll make you basically every droid in the entire Separatist army. <laughs> so he does, like, every oh. voice in the Clone Wars. Right, okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, um, we should probably get into the movie, unless there's anything else that I'm missing here you feel we need to cover before we start at all. Uh, no, I mean, I'll kind of break apart, you know, now, this is the first time I've watched this since, Trial. I think, right before The Force Awakens. I saw this movie when it first came out, I saw it when it came out on DVD, didn't watch it for years, and then right Trial. before The Force Awakens, I rewatched all the movies and all the Clone Wars, including this. But having watched this now after the Clone Wars series is complete, it's interesting, this is like the first time as I said, where I'm looking back on this more as the launching of a TV show and less of a theatrical movie. It's interesting because I could really pick apart throughout this where the episode breaks are, uh, especially knowing the format of the show. So uh, I guess more on that as we go throughout it. But let's jump into the movie. Why not? I I do love how this starts, the fact that it's freaking Warner Brothers at the beginning. That threw me. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. I, I literally had to like for a second go, double check i was watching the right thing i was like hang on a minute no i must have opened the wrong oh no it is it's like what's going on (laughs) i know i had the same thing and i again i've seen this several times so (laughs) it shouldn't really catch that that was like um i remember seeing uh the force awakens when you see the bad robot logo because you you kind of Mm -hmm. expect to see the slow 20th century fox with a da 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 and then kind of you know how it fades into lucasfilm silence a long time ago in a galaxy far far away you're not expecting to see bad robot (laughs) (laughs) panning into the lost uh opening time um but anyway so warner brothers and um i just love the way this opens with like a galaxy divided what will happen (laughs) like just Mm -hmm. narrator although i do think it was kind of cool like when you had the uh the lucasfilm logo and there was kind of like radio chatter over it that was kind of a cool little beginning but i mean i you can definitely tell you're watching something different with just like this over-the-top narrator guy what will happen a galaxy divided innocent victim jumpers hot son is kidnapped it's a dark day (laughs) (laughs) and i get it's so it's it's weird that you're picking up on that because i've watched 120 episodes of the show multiple times so it's just nothing for me but 
I guess something I always forget is that what George Lucas really wanted with that oh. was he wanted, he's like, we're not going to have the opening write up on every episode, but he wanted it to be like the old, like 1940s newsreel footage. You go into a movie theater and it's like, Hitler's army is crossing the Pacific. Pearl Harbor was bombed. I mean, that definitely is the vibe I got. Um, and don't forget to buy snacky bars now in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Want a cup of Java juice? Buy it in a concession stand. <laughs> and here's young Padme Amidala. Look at her wide little things on her head. Give him hell, Padme. <laughs> here's young Anakin Skywalker. He doesn't like sand. Oh no. Look out for what's happening in this movie. <laughs> and he gets everywhere. And here's Jar Jar Binks. Fuck him. <laughs> Buy war fans at <laughs> theater lobby. <laughs> Remember um in um oh, what is it? A league of their own when they're kind of they're, yeah. they're doing that newsreel. And what is it? The the really sort of unattractive one, Marla Hooch or whatever. And they just like they like film her from a distance. And there's Marla Hooch. What a hitter! She's <laughs> like a dot in the distance. That's <laughs> like they should do that. With, there's Jar Jar Binks. Let's not talk about him. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, I guess we kind of learn straight away, don't we? Um, <clears throat> that the plot of this is Jabba the Hutt's son has been kidnapped and he's enlisted the help of the Jedis to help find him. <laughs> um, now, I, I kind of like that. I, I mean, I don't know, like... I think we all remember episode one when we first saw it and random jabbers watching the pod race and he's waving and, you know, just like, we all, I think kind of, and I guess the day we get to the prequels, we'll talk a lot more about this, but like, I'm sure like every Star Wars fan got a little bit like, oh, there's this reference, you know, in the prequels, like, you know, when you see Chewbacca in Revenge of the Sith and I don't know, just random little things like that. So I kind of like how they tie this into Jabba the Hutt, um, everybody's favourite. I mean, what? What is, is he? A species of alien? What is he? A hut? I mean, what? What is he? <laughs> the hut. Yeah, they're. I guess you could call them a family, a species. They're kind of everything. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, so this is kind of where it is. But we we are on a on a planet. Meanwhile, where there's a big. Now again, uh, ignore me, the casual Star Wars fan. What is this planet? Do you know or? Christophsis. Of course it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it was very much resembled um, Christophsis. Christophsis. Christoph, is that like yes. is that in the Greek islands? I mean, um, <laughs> is, yeah, isn't that where Wonder Woman was set? Um, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so we've got this uh, big war basically happening out here, and kind of, I mean, you and I like the the prequels, so you know, I I, I like sort of. Um, the, the ships that they have and kind of the battle droids, you know. I always had a weird liking of the battle droids. Roger, Roger. Yeah. I don't know. They were just kind of cool. I mean, they're annoying as fuck, but they're also cool. Um, and just like this massive battle. And I think really we can like just... We don't have to go over this scene by scene because there's just so much going on here just with the battle. And kind of there... We've got Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan and obviously they're in the middle of this battle and they need reinforcements, but they're having troubles getting communications out there. So... Down comes this spaceship, and out comes a little girl. I mean, she's like I know, like the we see sort of this species um, of what is it? Like, what what is she? Like, is she a weird? Well, she's 
Like, <laughs> I mean, you're are you thinking of like the Twi'leks, the ones that are uh-huh. you know Jabba's palace, the dancing girls? No, well, yes and no. The, the in- she's she's. No, but there's um. I know that when we see the Jedi, there's that one girl who's kind of got those curly things on her head. Um, uh, like is she one of them? <laughs> like Togruta, uh, according to Wookie, uh, Star Wars Wiki, she's a Togruta. Um, ah, one of them, of course she is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we meet a young Togruta. Uh, called, and hang on, let me butcher a name. Where is it? Uh, Asaka Asu- Tuna. Juju! Asaka Tani. I cannot say a name. Um, I always thought it was like the easiest name ever. Asoka Tano. Asoka Tano. Asoka Tano. Trial. But again, I heard her name dozens of times for over a hundred episodes. Um, Ahsoka Tanu comes out, ready to say, oh, here we go, we've got some communications. Oh, by the way, I'm your new Padawan, Anakin. Uh, just after we've obviously had, you know, Anakin say, oh, no, 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 I never want a young Padawan. Um, like, and now, Obi-Wan's here saying, like, oh, it could be my new Padawan. Is this a thing? Because didn't we have this in episode one that Qui-Gon couldn't take Anakin because you can't have more than one? Or is Anakin technically not Obi-Wan's Padawan anymore because they've been together not. for a long time? Yeah, because again, we Try. we find even at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, you know, he's a Jedi and he's insulted that he's not a Jedi Master after only three years. Right. So I think the rule is always established. You know, the Padawan will eventually be awarded the rank of a Jedi Knight and then it becomes Jedi Try. Master and everything. But obviously Anakin in between the two here has become a Jedi Knight. So, of course, you know, uh, everybody should get attached to Ahsoka Tanu. Because, uh, you know, she's going to play a huge part in episode three. So, just everybody... This is the backstory of her. <laughs> but, um... I don't like her. <laughs> Can I just point that out? Is she, like, hated? Nobody. Nobody does? No. Now, hold on. This this is the most interesting thing. Because, um... Uh, it's funny. I've, I've, you know, seen a lot of people's opinions on the Clone Wars animated movie. And almost everybody will say the same thing. The movie was average. The TV show became amazing, and every single TV, every single season that passed, it just got better and better. Ahsoka's wow. like the character embodiment of people's opinion of the Clone Wars series, because she was hated when this movie came out. She was hated in the first season, and somehow, I think she was all the way through the fifth season. She wasn't in the wow. final one, but all the way through the fifth season, like by the time you got to the end of the show. She was probably the most popular character on there. And, like, now people love her. In fact, they've even brought her into the Star Wars Rebels TV show just because of how popular she became. Uh, And it's just subtle things they change. I don't even need to say they change the character. I think it's just a character that kind of has to grow on you and it got a little bit more serious. But, yeah, I mean, I don't don't remember being crazy about Ahsoka when it first came out. I don't think anybody was. But by the end of the show, like, insanely popular character. I just love the way they, like, keep referring to her as a youngling, youngling. Um, you know, I, I just want Anakin to just kill her right now. You kill younglings! younglings. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think it's, um, they actually did do a everything wrong with this, uh, on the CinemaSins channel on YouTube. And I think the narrator guy even said like, oh, well, we know that Anakin will kill you in about two years time. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's just, yes. I mean, it's kind of, oh, here we go. These two are going to be partnered up. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. But I mean, it's just kind of interesting how that just like within two seconds, they're just going to like back and forth acting like they've known each other for like 300 years. Um, and is there mild flirting going on between these two? I don't know if that's just me picking up, but isn't she meant to be I like 13? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find my note oh. here. Yeah. 
So only like the third or fourth sentence I have in here was Snips and Sky Guy, not a couple, Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I knew you would pick up on that. No, no flirting. There, there is definitely a few. He's a married man. Well, I mean, nobody else knows that. So, like, I mean, I'm sure Obi-Wan's in the background going, Oh, come on then, Anakin, you two might be able to get together. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I mean... <laughs> You know, it, he's not the British guys from Titanic. <laughs> 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 yes, Anakin. <laughs> I'm a rich Jedi. You're a whiny little shit. Um, but, but I mean, in all fairness, like age gaps aren't necessarily a thing that's a bad thing in the Star Wars universe. I mean, you know, I remember Anakin was like cracking on to Padme when he was like nine, and she's like what sixteen. Yeah. So you know, um, he's a bit of a cradle <laughs> robber. So Anakin is, is excused, right? <laughs> Gonna go the other way this time around now, Anakin. It's like you've been there yeah. before. You know, actually, you know what's actually weird? I mean, well, first of all, I just want to say it's it's weird that they call her a youngling in this because her character's supposed, like he says, you're too young to be a Padawan. I think her character was supposed to be about 12 when this started. Anakin was nine when he and became he a Padawan. And, yeah, he was too old to become a Padawan. Meanwhile, she's too young, apparently. I mean, I, I just don't think they know what they're... Or maybe he just thinks she's younger than she is. Well, isn't there... Maybe um... that's what, the flirting started later when he realized you're 12, huh? <laughs> oh, 12. That's legal Seven. on Tatooine. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably is. I don't know. Um, but, but like, isn't that a thing, though, with a, there are, if you really do pick apart a lot of the things in the Star Wars movies, that there are a lot of things that don't necessarily make sense with the timelines, like the, you know ages i was i was i watched or read something recently where they kind of nitpicked at a lot of things that kind of didn't work out sort of later on i think i was even watching empire strikes back was on tv recently and even i'm like going hang on a minute how come luke gets trained so quickly how long did it take anakin to become a freaking jedi and luke's <laughs> yeah. a jedi in like two days um, and why does aunt beru go from prepubescent <laughs> to grandmother in only 19 years <laughs> Even Obi-Wan age is a fair bit, let's be honest. <laughs> to become Ewan McGregor to Alec Guinness, you know, it's kind of like, you know, bit of a bit of a change there. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're not up to those yet. But um, I kind of, I do like this whole opening. Like, I love the battle scenes. It looks really cool. It's kind of, um, I don't know, like, there are moments there where you, I don't know if when you watch animated stuff, I know you said you weren't that huge on animated stuff, but sometimes you just kind of forget you're watching an animated movie. And it's not that it looks yeah. realistic, um, I don't know, it just, it takes you out of it. I think all this sort of stuff is awesome, and I was kind of thinking, like, oh, this would have been, like, a really good sequence to have in, like, one of the actual, you know, the prequels. Um, so, uh, Obi-Wan kind of gets himself, uh, kidnapped by General Loathsome, is it? Um, I've written here, Pig Sean Connery. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, he sounds like Sean Connery. He's like, oh, yes, hello, Obi-Wan, come here. Oh, oh I get what you're talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, um, yeah, so we've got Snitch and Sky Guy going to, um, take out the shield by getting under a box under the shield, <laughs> um, which is kind of cool, I guess. Um, but they're just back and forth. I'm just calling it flirting. I don't care what you say. Uh, <laughs> and she's just such a little deep, like, I'm not a diva, that's not the right word, but just the way, like. She's like, oh, I need to stand up now. I can't take this anymore. Like, Jesus, you're like the worst. Like, you, too bad if they stood up and all of a sudden they, they just get their legs shot out from underneath them. Um, I just think that would be kind of funny. Like, pew, pew. All right, they're dead. Uh, <laughs> you just killed Darth Vader. Um, 
But obviously, uh, yeah, so Obi-Wan's having these negotiations with Pig Sean Connery, um, and Anakin and uh, uh, Snips stop the shield, so they uh, end up basically winning this little battle. Uh, They get the reinforcements sent in, and, um, yeah, I mean, I know I'm gelling over a lot of little things here, but, I mean, it's kind of what this opening is, and I know I'm I'm really enjoying it to this point. I think it's it's a great start. Yeah, and I think... Too often people get caught up in maybe the flaws with the story of this movie and the whole story about I'm not actually a fan of the story of Jabba's son being kidnapped. I did like what you said earlier about like involving Jabba in it because uh, I actually made notes in here as to when did Jabba become a popular character? Because, you know, when Return of the Jedi came out, I mean, I don't know if there were many people saying I can't wait for Jabba to come back, you know, or maybe when the prequels are made, we're going to get Jabba. But I do remember when Phantom Menace came out and knowing Jabba was in it, I think everybody kind of had in their head that it would be this big plot, knowing Anakin was a slave. And even with Attack of the Clones, I remember thinking, well, I knew they kind of threw away that Jabba cameo in Phantom Menace, but Attack of the Clones is probably going to be Anakin coming back to defeat Jabba the Hutt and free all the slaves. (laughs) And that just really never happened. But it's cool that he's involved in this. It really doesn't make sense in the context of a war that all these politicians would be like we need to get in league with the greatest crime boss in the galaxy (laughs) and even the greatest crime boss it doesn't really make sense because he lives on tatooine like that's his home base and yet every star wars movie tells us this is a planet that's just in the middle of nowhere nothing important happens on it so it always kind of bothers me in star wars where they keep going back to tatooine like nobody should know this planet exists that's the whole point of it jabba's involvement in the story notwithstanding i love the war stuff in this and that's i think what really sold me on the show because when we're on christophsis here i mean the battle stuff we're seeing and not just does it look really exciting and not just could it be in a movie i mean george lucas always kind of envisioned this show would be 22 minute movies where everyone would be just as big and just as exciting as any of the movies but he also wanted to be like a real war series and every episode would kind of show different bits and pieces of war you may have one which is on you know, just trying to retake one base, which we see later on. And this was, you know, oh, it's a lot yeah. of like behind enemy line stuff and let's distract and negotiate. Like, this is all stuff you would normally see in a war show and they somehow fit it into Star Wars and it makes sense. Um, also, the music, like, I don't oh, yeah. know how yeah. much attention you're paying. Uh, John Williams didn't do the music for this, but the guy who did, Kevin Kiner, who mostly just works on TV shows, you could listen to the soundtrack and be told oh. it was John. It, 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 in my opinion, it's better than the Force Awakens soundtrack at the very least. And the music playing during this battle on Christophsis, like I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that. It's right up there with the best stuff John Williams has ever done. Uh, just the, the whole, you know, uh, Anakin, Ahsoka, you know, under the, the box thing. I don't think that's quite as good as like the first battle we see. But what I really like is Obi-Wan's involvement in this opening sequence with uh we get to see him as the negotiator because you remember that line in revenge of the sith where they meet general grievous for the first time and general grievous refers to obi-wan he says you know the negotiator Mm obi-wan kenobi and you kind of get this like idea in your head this is like obi-wan's role in the war and you actually see him do that throughout this movie that's basically all he does in this is they send him in there to actually negotiate or in this case just mess around with people to distract them and it's just a fun thing they did with obi-wan's character but yeah this whole sequence is great and the other thing that just to point out where this tv show became a movie this was clearly supposed to be the first episode because it introduces ahsoka and everything and 
the thing that you wouldn't be familiar yeah. with and people who haven't seen the Clone Wars show won't be familiar with is that it was a very different TV show in general because right. your main cast wouldn't even be in every episode. And it never followed a, we have this standalone episode yeah. about this, this standalone episode. You would go from one week where they would have a one standalone episode and then yeah. the following three episodes would all be one story and then they do a two-parter after that and then they do a four-parter for the most part clone wars was always these like uh uh multi-part story arcs and this is kind of the premiere and everything after this i guess would have been like a three-parter probably from later in the season but um yeah this this introduction this would have made a great premiere and i feel like when the show eventually debuted because they had already used all of this stuff we were left with like a standalone Yoda episode that had nothing to do with anything else. And it just really wasn't the greatest, but uh, I could see right here, especially where this would have made like a fantastic opening premiere for a TV show. Do we have any episodes where like Yoda had a flashback about how he got his tattoos that time in uh, Phuket or something like that? um... There were some fun Yoda episodes. I I will tell you though, like people should check it out because you may have one week that's a Jar Jar episode and it's kind of a comedy (laughs) episode. And the next week, there'll be like a two-parter that deals just with clones and you don't have any Star Wars characters, just the clones. And it's like a very gritty war drama. So you kind of have something different every week. So they actually did bring back Jar Jar. They risked that. They played that card. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think I mentioned this last week that the funny thing is that the Jar Jar episodes were usually quite popular uh, because they would play them, you know, for laughs. And I guess people could just kind of accept Jar Jar after a while, you know, it, it, you accept him for what he was. He was, you know, a goofy character for kids. But Jar Jar actually worked pretty well into the show yeah. whenever they brought him in. It's kind of like the Oz Network. You just accept it after a while. You're like, oh, well, they're trying. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, they might get popular one day, but at the moment, they're the Jar Jar Binks of movie and TV po- Hey, Ewoks are making a comeback. True. You know, in 30, 35 years, the Oz Network might be cool. True. Yep, yep. You know, we'll be the first, uh, um, you know, just really make them cooler than they ever should have been. But um, one thing I want to point out... Um, they really dumb down the battle droids in this movie, though, don't they? <laughs> like, ah, Jedi! Arr! And just, like, there's so many things in this movie where, like, okay, you can tell it's, a, it's an animated film. Obviously, they're going, you know, really hard on the kid angle more so than the, the movie. And I know that kind of George Lucas has always said that Star Wars really was for kids anyway. But, um, you know, there's just so many scenes, like, where they just dumb down the droids. Um... I don't know. Is that? I'm guessing they're doing that. Is that the case in the TV series as well? They're just yeah. the, the dumb comic relief. Yeah, and and like going back to what I just said about the format of the show, there would be you know sometimes two or three weeks in a row where it would be very dark, and you know I would argue as dark as Empire Strikes Back, if not some of them, like that the the two parter I think that dealt with the clones in the first season. That one was like you know even for Empire Strikes Back, it's a little bit dark, but. The clone, no matter yeah. when the clones were in the show, or the not the clones, but no matter when the droids were in the show, it was always goofy like this. Like they yeah. were always kind of played for laughs, and I kind of like that. I mean, I, I like you know the the Phantom Menace. You just seeing that some of these things aren't that bright uh, when they're trying to leave for Coruscant. It's like Coruscant uh, <laughs> that does that not doesn't compute. You're under arrest. Uh, wait, uh, you're under arrest. <laughs> 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 yeah, you get tons of like humor with the battle droids, so yeah. I like that. And on the flip side, they kind of humanize the clones. Like medic, we need a medic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what is um uh he uh the the main dude I've got his name. He keeps calling um Anakin. 
no, 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 Rex, Rex. Um, oh, Rex. Keeps yeah. like, well, no, Anakin. Yeah, is that Darth Vader? Um, <laughs> keeps calling like all the droids. Like you, you. I don't know. They just have those really like, which I'm sure in the Star Wars universe is like the same as calling like using the N word or something like that. Like <laughs> calling the droids like these names. You rusted back. You know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like the way they humanize the clones. Um, you know, it takes a... Although, I will say that um, they kind of get lost in the accents because, I mean, we know that... Um, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Timu... Temuora Morrison. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a Kiwi. Um, and yeah. obviously, he's got, you know, a fairly distinct New Zealand accent, I would say. Um, but I feel that the person who's doing the voice of these kind of... He sounds really like an American trying to do an Australian accent, but he's obviously meaning it to be sort of a New Zealand accent. So, there's just moments where Rex sounds very... American Australian, if that makes sense, and I don't know, there's just some weird. Trying moments. to find who did Rex's voice um, or all the clones. Right? I had it up a second ago, um, but yeah, it was just it was kind of weird. But uh, maybe that's just an Australian. Uh, D. Bradley Baker. Um, oh yeah, the esteemed D. Well, he came. I, I believe D. Bradley Baker came from Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I think he actually oh. did the voice of a giant bison and a monkey. He was like the animal voicer. Of course, I wouldn't have expected. <laughs> you know. So I mean, he's not so good with a Kiwi oh. accent, but he's great as a bison. Look, it's. I mean, it, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, when he gets it, like it just kind of fluctuates. Whereas, like you know us having done Lost a lot recently when you've got these really, you know, obvious Americans trying to do the Australian accent. Just, like, when you do that really bad one, it just reminds you, you know, the Simpsons episode when they're, they're doing, like, you know, oh, and you had to play Knifey Spoonie before, like, you know, it's just all <laughs> terrible. I'm going to call it a chat B E E R B. Honestly, that episode is exactly how it is in Australia. Um... <laughs> I just I just went through some Chaz Walzers before. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we need to do that one week randomly. Just like we we cover the Australian Simpsons episode, and we do the Canadian one. Um, yes, these two young Yankee Doodles. <laughs> All right, back to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just oh my favorite line for that one is when they're just fighting at the curly ring. Both our viewers will be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh, why why are these episodes going? You realise if we just stayed on track, these episodes would be done in, like, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, where are we? So, okay, they've, they've won. They've, they've taken the planet back. Uh, but Yoda shows up and uh, basically tells them of the story. Well, it's not a story. Uh, their mission. Uh, <laughs> I've got a story to, a story I do have to tell you today. Um, Gather around, kiddies. <laughs> sit do, on my lap, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Do you think that, like, people get shitty at the way Yoda speaks? Like, because, I mean, sometimes... <laughs> like, I know it's endearing, but sometimes it must be frustrating. Like, you know, it's you know, just like, how are you today, hello, or something. Like, oh, God, just speak properly, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe he's got, like, a speech impediment or something like that. Like, maybe, like, people just play along with it because he's a wise old Yoda. But, um, I don't know. <laughs> like... Acid indigestion badly, I have. <laughs> Just decode it for me. Like, does your stomach tell me? Because <laughs> uh, is it ever actually... It doesn't... His species, it's not known. Like, isn't that a thing in the Star Wars universe that Yoda's sp- I mean, species isn't actually known? Yeah, I mean, there's another one of Yoda's species in The Phantom Menace, like a female version of Yoda. 
Um, I actually have a theory. I never thought about this until now. I actually had a theory on why Yoda speaks that way. And I don't know if I've ever even read this anywhere else, but why does Yoda speak backwards? Is it the way a species does it? Yoda's supposed to be like 800, 900 years old in these things. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, if we, well, what would be 900 years ago from now? I mean, if we go back to the 1100s, they're like, thou art. Middle English. You know, (laughs) exactly. Acid indigestion in thine (laughs) esophagus. Have you ever done Middle English or whatever it is? Um, I did did an English course at uh, university. Um, and we had to do, not, is it Middle English? Like the old English, Middle English, isn't it? Lord of the Rings? Um, no, it's Middle <laughs> Earth. Um, no, like, um, oh, it's that really old English that like the English language comes from. And I remember having to, I think we just call it old English here. Oh, well, whatever. But, um, we had to study that at university and oh my God, that like, I fucking, I understood French quicker than I understood that. It was ridiculous. And it's the same fucking language. But so yeah, you're probably right. Like, you know, I'm stuck in the past. I am like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone just bangs him on the head. Oh, I can speak properly now. Um, New slangs of you kids I do not understand. <laughs> Fitbit, this is what <laughs> I do not want. <laughs> did not need hashtags in my day, did we? <laughs> Tag hash to me. <laughs> um... <laughs> God, we always start something. Anyway, so Yoda shows up, um, tells him about Jabba the Hutt's son being kidnapped. So uh, they've got to go off and investigate. Uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Obi-Wan is Mr. Negotiator. So he's going off to back to Tatooine to, I guess, talk it out with um, Jabba, whereas um, Anakin and Snips have to go off and uh, flirt. flirt, mildly flirt. <laughs> Um, <laughs> people who don't listen to our lost coverage will have they won't get that joke. Um, it was <laughs> it was on the um Lostpedia, which is a great website, but they sometimes go into weird explanations. So there's a scene between Jack and Kate, and it literally says Jack and Kate mildly flirt. Um, so, <laughs> so now we just that's just our ongoing thing. Oh, they're mildly <laughs> flirting in that scene. <laughs> so anyway, yes, um, Anakin and uh, Ahsoka mildly flirt. And um, they go off. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm with you, like with this whole sort of plot line about how basically to, to to sway favor with Jabba, they're going to rescue his son so that it will allow um, tri- uh, ships safe trading routes in the outer rim. And well, do we not also know that, especially from the Phantom Menace, Tatooine's outside of the Republic. So they're fighting within the Republic, yet somehow they need these shipping routes outside of the Republic. Hmm. Doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. And it's kind of, what, is this just kind of like a new strategy in the battle? Like, they they take this route, it gets quicker to the Empire ships or something like that? Like, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's kind of strange. But even then, like, as gangsters and huts, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to <laughs> huts, because I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> but, like, do they have, like, the technology and shit to, like, blow up these boats? <laughs> Boat ships? I just, I just find it funny. The first Go time ahead. in the history of this show that you said, I don't want to be offensive to, and it was directed towards the huts. <laughs> well, I've seen what Jabba can do. and put me in the Sarlacc pit. I don't want to go on that. Not children or women or the French. <laughs> oh, the French. Don't get me started. They don't count. Um, but, um... 
Anyway, yeah. So, um, we... Anyway, Anakin and, and Snip... I'm just going to call her Snips or Juju. I can't say her name. Uh, so, they go here to the planet, which I'm seeing is called Teth, um, which has got uh, the monasteries. This is where they've kind of found it. We've, we've sort of had a few scenes here where we see, like, sort of camo clones who have uh, witnessed these, uh, you know, the monastery where uh, Baby Hut's being... Well, we don't know it's Baby Hut. Jabba's son is being uh, held hostage. We've had a few um, poor old bounty hunters have been decapitated and delivered to Jabba the Hut, um, sort of in reference to that. Uh, so they land at this monastery... Um, where they're kind of... We, we know they've sort of been led here because we met um, the mistress, uh, who is, is a Ventress. Is that her name? Um, I like her. Mistress? Is it, well, they keep calling her mistress, Child. so I've just written down oh, mistress. Oh, okay. I thought you were, she was like Jabba's mistress or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is Punky Muffin's Punky. real mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's too much mistress and master. I think George Lucas was into bondage when he wrote this. Um, but so Ventress, and my lady, my lady. Um, I like Ventress. I like this woman. Uh, yeah. Does she come back in the TV series? Yeah, well, actually, she she was introduced before this because um, I mentioned how much George Lucas did on the Clone Wars. In between episodes two and three, he knew he'd never be able to tell all the types of stories he wanted uh, when he envisioned the Clone Wars like twenty years earlier. So, he created this kind of multimedia project where there would be books comics and even the original clone wars animated show which i didn't even know are you familiar with the original animated series no no so they did it like a 2d like traditional animation one in between episodes two and three and they kind of used that there were two seasons but the episodes were only it was a micro series so the episodes are about three to five minutes long and there may be like 10 one year and i think the second season had like you know, five episodes, but they were longer. So basically, you add all these up together, and it's the length of a movie. Um, and that's how they originally introduced Ventress, because they wanted a new character that could not only appear in that 2001, you know, micro-series, but also appear in novels, and then eventually here. So Asajj Ventress has lots of involvement. In fact, I think her character gets extremely complex in the third season um, and you know, probably one of the more surprising directions they took a character because I kind of thought when they brought her in here, oh, secret apprentice to Dooku or Palpatine or whatever. But yeah, she, she becomes an even better character as you get into the series. I, I love her. She's maybe one of my favourites in this whole film. I just thought she was really cool. And um, again, kind of one of these ones that I was watching that, you know, I kind of wish they had of used in the prequels. Like, she would have been a really cool villain. Like, I mean... Um, you know, obviously, I think everybody loves Darth Maul, but uh, you know, sadly, he's just kind of killed off in the in Episode One, and kind of not to be. Although he is brought back in the animated series, did I somebody yeah. tell me that? Um, yeah, sure. I'm sure that made sense. Um, he's <laughs> just two halves. It actually of him. did. It was it was pretty cool how they brought him back too. <laughs> two halves of him hopping around. Um, <laughs> if, if if people don't want it to be spoiled, don't listen. But I'll just let you know. You look up an image of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars series, and you'll see what they did with him. <laughs> they glue him back together or something like that. <laughs> wow. I mean, what is like Star Wars? Kind of just like comic, like Marvel and DC movies now. Where just just because you die, you know you're not really dead. Um, yeah. Like Darth Vader's well, in the Last Jedi, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> we again, we're getting wow. off topic here, but like. Uh, you know, Jamie was bringing this up to me the other night when we were watching The Phantom Menace, and she's like, so how did he actually survive that? And I'm like, well, I mean, he was cut in half. They didn't cut his head off. She goes, yeah, but he's missing the lower half of his body. I'm like, people are around the world right now missing the lower half of their body, you know? (laughs) You may have to have, like, a catheter put in so he can release himself. 
<laughs> but other than that, he's okay. Leave Stumpy's alone, Jamie. Um, <laughs> you know, Darth Maul would be all right in the Paralympics. I'm sure he'd do all right in, like, canoe with his double-sided oh, lightsaber. I want to see Darth Maul and Sledge Hockey. No. <laughs> no, yeah, I'd be down for that. Uh, <laughs> double-sided stick. You know, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Um, <laughs> at last I will get a goal. At last I will have revenge. Um, is that the only line he says in The Phantom Menace? <laughs> uh, yes, Master, once. Uh, <laughs> and Tatooine is vastly populated. What's, if the trace is correct, I'll find them quickly. What's his name, Ray? What's the actor's name, Ray? Somebody? Ray Park. Yeah, I like him, but, like, you know, he didn't really have to do much in that movie, did he, except, like, do lots of stunts. It's, but, it's not even his voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the makeup must have been a bitch, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw it, like, I remember, um, off topic again, but um, my mum's um, 50th was a dress-up party, and the first thing I wanted to go was Darth Maul. But I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. God, that's going to be way too complicated. So then I was like, oh, I'll be a stormtrooper. But I ended up being Darth Vader because it's cool. Um, so, so that's my story. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I'd love to. And I went to Saj Ventress. Oh, God, I would. She's she's cool. I love her. She's like, yeah, she's really, yeah. really cool. So, yeah, so we basically come to this monastery. We meet weird robot guy who's all like, oh, you know, we've, we're have we glad you're here. The young little uh, hut is here and kind of just is a bit of a dick to... Asakoko, Asakoko, <laughs> for young little, uh, what is he, he doesn't call her a slave girl, what does he call her, like, um, uh, whatever, and she's like, I'm not a girl, I'm a Padawan, with the bloody lights, <laughs> shut up, um, but then we, as they go along, they're, they're into the detention centre, which they've been told where the hut is, and uh, here he is, here is um, little baby hutlet, um, Jabba's son, Stinky. Stinky, who, you know, I, I'm I'm with um, Snips here. I wasn't expecting it to be a baby. Um, I'm just going to, I don't know if it's, this, I have not read anything whether or not he's hated or loved, but I fucking love him. He's so cute. <laughs> I want one. Uh. <laughs> I want a baby hutlet. The thing is so darn cute. Um, little stinky. Um, maybe my favourite thing about this whole movie. <laughs> just everything. Ben is- walked away from this. He loved Asajj Ventress and he loved Stinky. Yes. I don't know. Is he hated amongst Star Wars fans? I'm probably just alienating. Uh, He's the Jar Jar of this movie. No, it's it's more just indifferent. Like I don't think people think much of Stinky one way or the other. Uh, I always kind of forget that Stinky's in this movie as much as he is. Because I kind of, I always oh. remember like when they find him and they're like, "Ugh, he smells disgusting." And then you know the whole thing about him being missing. But there's that one scene where he wanders off and they don't oh. find him. And I always have this false impression that he's gone for half the movie because of that. So I don't know. He didn't leave as much of an impression on me as he did you. But I guess I think he's okay. <laughs> he's so cute. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so they get him and kind of oh, but the, the random plot twist. He's sick. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> This is where it becomes a little bit late. I mean, like, I enjoy... But there are certain elements of this which are just so random. And, like, there's a bit at the end which is just... It just comes out of nowhere and it's just kind of... Boom! Bye! Um, But, like, I just don't get this... Oh, no, he's sick! We better hurry up and get him to the doctor! Which, even in itself, they don't actually get him to a doctor. Oh, well... Oh, lucky we've got ghost hologram robot on this ship that they can help us. Um... (laughs) But I guess- and how do they know he's sick? Yeah. Like, what do they compare him to? He looks really disgusting for a hut. They all look disgusting. Like, he's probably just healthy as a horse. And, like, they're probably just yeah, being, like, discriminatory to the huts. 
Like, yeah. who looks sick? Like, I mean, people say that to me all the time, but I mean, that's like, <laughs> you know. They also call you stinky all the time. Yeah, too. well, true, true. Because, um, I mean, I guess kind of I've, I've gelled over a scene, obviously, where uh, Obi-Wan's uh, started the negotiations with Jabba. And uh, kind of, the, I guess your first clue there is when Jabba's called him, like, what is it, the punky muffin or whatever it is you said at the beginning? Oh. Like, yeah, punky muffin. <laughs> I, love, I love everyone's reaction. Little punky muffin? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> being a dick oh. to, like, his son in front of, like, this big warlord gangster. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's interesting, but again, I'm I'm probably gelling over so much here. Um, but uh, yeah, so they've got him, and we also, I guess, kind of in this find out that uh, Dooku has sort of lay uh, staged this elaborate kidnapping uh, for the fact that he's going to uh, falsely accuse the Jedi of kidnapping the um, of Stinky. So that the so Jabba and the Huts believe that it's the Jedi, so that then they can control the outer rims. So ooh, um, but well, I mean, kind of like Dooku's kind of a badass. Why does he? I don't get in this movie why he kind of like bows down to. Can he just kill? Can anyone in this movie just kill Jabba? Like I mean, well, it's here's the thing that's interesting about Dooku oh. because people don't. I'm not going to say you should read more into Star Wars. I don't think you have to read that much into it to really get... Like, Dooku is just doing everything Palpatine tells him to, and Palpatine is basically just playing both sides. He really doesn't care about winning the war. So when it's like, you know, oh, we must win this battle, you know, he's saying that to Dooku, and meanwhile, as Palpatine to the Senate, it's like, we must win this battle. It's all just about playing sides off of each other so that he can be the one trusted one to gain all the power. And I think that's kind of what this whole hut plot is. It's not even necessarily we need him. It's like, well, the Jedi want him. Let's try to get him, too. And let's just, you know, make a bit of a game out of this. Well, there's a scene here, of course, where, I mean, Dooku's with Jabba, and then um, they're like, oh, I'll get you proof that uh, it's the Jedi that are really kidnapping. So they film this scene of um, of Anakin and Ahsoka with, with, the, uh, with, with Stinky, and then kind of they've dubbed over the top with that ran oh, I hate the huts or whatever he says. And, you know, oh, like, oh, you know, this is, this is the evidence. Um, so, you know, Jabba's, Jabba's a bit dumb and naive, let's be honest. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I am, I, I have a bit of a problem with how dumb they make him in this movie because, like, if he's supposed to be the greatest gangster in the galaxy, it's like, ah, oh, the Jedi killed your boy. They killed my boy! <laughs> Um, I like I like the scene too when like uh, you know they say like oh he's sick he's got a fever Anakin touches Stinky on the head with his glove on yeah he feels a bit warm to me <laughs> and you know you've got a glove and is that your robot hand your dickhead like I mean I don't even know which hand that is I think you're just being you're just mildly flirting like you want to agree <laughs> he's flirting with Stinky too yeah <laughs> he just flirts with everyone Anakin's just like one of those guys you know he just like, I hate them. I hate all of them, <laughs> except for the ladies. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so they they have a bit of a battle here, and they've got to um, escape. I'm just I'm just reading my notes here. Um, here they come in like capital letters. That sounded bad. Where's stinky, grubby little slug? Roger, Roger. She chokes clone. 
Um, you just recited all the dialogue for five minutes of this movie. Um, so this is where they're kind of hiding, isn't it? And um, Ventress... Is this where Ventress is battling Obi-Wan? Oh, no, they can't be battling Obi-Wan. He's on yeah. another planet, right? What? No, no, no. They, they fight because he shows up at the end. Oh, yeah. that's, that's of course too. Great battle. Great, great battle. Kind of yeah. with her two lightsabers and just like even their back and forth is just kind of their retorts against each other. I oh, know. I love it. I just love this battle between the two. And there's like random uh, Obi-Wan uh, parkour scene when he's jumping up between those pillars. Um, he's like the dude from Casino Royale essentially jumping off the platform of things. But... Um, yeah, I, I just I love the way he's like battling up, and then I also love um, when she's cutting through that door, and just I mean, very you know, reminiscent of course of Phantom Menace when Qui Gon's going through the door as well. They're still coming through. Um, no, is it Newton Rune? Is that what they're called? Newt Newt Gunray. Yeah, those things. Anyway. Uh, oh yeah, you, those are the two characters, Newton Rune. Yeah, Newton yeah. Rune. I remember. I think I had like figures of them when Episode One came out. I don't know why. I think that's all I could afford. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He charged more for the Qui-Gon figure. Like, what can I afford today on my measly allowance? I can get Jar Jar or I can get Rune and Newton Gunray. They were in the discount bin after a week. No one wanted Newton Rune. <laughs> you know that, that reminds me, this is again off topic. Um, but you know the character yeah. of Mon Mothma, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like... They had originally, you know, announced they were bringing her back for Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, of course, they eventually did bring her. They cut her scenes for Revenge of the Sith, but then used the same actress, who I think is Australian, too. Um, They brought her back in Rogue One, even though they had cut her scenes in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, But I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, and, and I knew that the Mon Mothma scenes had been cut but then there were action figures of her everywhere <laughs> and i realized the scenes must have been cut so late that they'd already manufactured these figures and like i swear three years later i would walk into a walmart yeah. no matter where i walked into <laughs> the the toy shelves would just be mon mothma there's the only one left because <laughs> nobody's buying a mon mothma yeah. figure certainly not if she's not even in the movie that's so funny i actually yeah i'm speaking thinking of figures because like i you know every kid got star wars figures i don't know whatever happened to mine but I think randomly for, like, Christmas, like, a year or two ago, because, I don't know, I was just being a little bitch, as I am, but um, I was, like, at a Target, like, an Australian Target with my mum, and there was um, a Padme figurine, and I'm like, oh, I want a Padme figure, I want a Padme figure, you know, I'm just a big baby. <laughs> for Christmas, my mum bought me a Padme, I don't know where it is, I want my random... Was it the Padme Barbie? Because they no, released one of those. I wish I had a Padme Barbie. I used to undress Barbies when I was little. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I need to find that. that I need that. I had, bad yeah, I, with, uh, I think I had the most toys yeah. from the Phantom Menace. Um, you know, a, a little bit less from Attack of the Clones, a little bit less from Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but the one I, I don't know why, I think I bought it because I got the, um, the Naboo Starfighter from the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. the big yellow yeah, ship yeah, they fly. Awesome ship. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, well, I got to get the pilot. So, you know the guy who pilots Padme's ship? Of course. <laughs> this is the character well. is Rick Oley. Like, nobody cares who this guy is. And he's one of the figures I have. Because well. I'm like, well, if I got the ship, I got to have the pilot, right? <laughs> I liked him. He wasn't in any of the other prequels, was he? He was just in episode one, no. right? Yeah. I liked yeah, him. That was the only one they had. He's the one who says well, R2-D2's you know name, right? This little droid. R2-D2. D2. Oh no, that's uh, that's Captain Pinocchio. Oh, I thought that was that guy. The, oh, the, the pilot, oh no, no, the guy, I know the guy. Yeah, where Anakin yeah. Is like, and these two a pitch, you catch oh. on pretty yeah. quick, kid. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yep, yep. No, I, I got you now. 
obscure figure stories. <laughs> I wonder who's like the most obscure figure in all of Star Wars universe. Akma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Trial. I mean, there were a ton of them made. Nobody owns one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you the actor does. He's like, oh, look, I was a, I was a figurine once, kids. Remember that? Um... <laughs> and strange enough, Trial. that's probably the only figure from Rogue One that did not happen. <laughs> I saw an interview with uh, Mark Hamill the other day when he's talking about his kids, about how one of his sons doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. He's like, oh, you know, everyone thinks it's so cool that Luke Skywalker's my dad, but Luke Skywalker doesn't tell you to clean your room. <laughs> Uh, oh my god this is why when we eventually get to the actual episodes they're going to take like eight hours um yeah we just spent 10 minutes on mon mothma and padme's action figures so um epic fight between obi-wan and uh ventress and uh meanwhile anakin and uh ahsoka are on a platform, basically trying to escape, and they see another ship on another platform. I feel like I've jumped over so much here, but so you can fill in the gaps in a minute if you want to. They jump on a dragonfly. Um, <laughs> they fly to this other platform where that random droid thing's there, and basically he's like, oh, please don't, and gets his head chopped off. Um, and, uh, yeah, they... hop your note noisily. Noisily. <laughs> Um, they hotwire. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Where are we? You're, you jumped ahead. Uh, so the Ewoks come out. Um, there's a... Oh, shit, wrong notes. Um, <laughs> mix, mix, stir, stir, stir. Mix, 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 stir. Uh, <laughs> um, they hotwire this ship uh, and get away. And basically, this is where they'll have Dr. Droid, I've written here. Um, I love I love this like random hologram droid who basically is like oh yes and here's the booster if you need anything speak to an actual doctor <laughs> dick hologram um, he just made himself obsolete like right there they're deprogramming this guy yes um, now I'll, I'll just let you talk here I feel like I've talked forever here about stuff and I probably again. Well, no, I mean- it's funny because I bro- as I said, I broke down where the episodes would have been, you know, if they kept this as a TV show. And I said that first one all the way up until, like, right. the Christophsis stuff and Ahsoka's introduction was clearly the first episode. Um, here we have the Jabba story, which is really two parts right. on Teth. The first part of finding Jabba's son, the second part of escaping the planet. And then after this, we have what would have been the final of the three parts, I guess, on Tatooine. Right. But, yeah, the Teth stuff I love. And, and I remember all of us talking when the force awakens came out and saying you know as good as the movie is the one thing we're kind of missing is like what george lucas brought to these environments and like you know how imaginative the worlds were and i I was just talking to my nephews today they were saying like you know jj abrams is apparently doing star wars episode nine i hope we don't get another death star which is you know basically like we already got two death stars the first time let's give us one in force awakens and i'm like i just want us to not have a sand planet a snow planet and a forest planet (laughs) again Mm -hmm. and that's something like you need to look at even the clone wars and say you criticize george Lucas's dialogue all you want criticize you know his directing of actors but you can't criticize the imagination though these planets that they develop because Christophsis, you said, looked like a cool planet. Teth looks like an amazing planet. I just love this whole climbing up Trial. the wall. Yeah. 
on these you know these droids and the the not just for the climbing the wall but even like anakin where he's got the speeder and he's actually flying that's a great vertically scene. that's up. i love that oh. scene i chilled over that i thought that was later but yeah no i i love that scene that's awesome i was kind of imagining yeah. that in like a you know a, a prequel movie or something like that but that that battle scene was epic yeah i mean and all the action stuff in this is good and i think you know all the way through season six anytime they had action in the show it was just amazing to watch and it's partly because they don't treat it as like cartoon action i think the only thing that makes it a little bit cartoony wow. is i'm not i'm not because this isn't meant in a negative way but the over exaggeration of jedi powers you know in wow. the star wars movies a jedi can do a triple backflip you know in these movies they can do like a uh f- you know 50 wow. somersaults you know cartwheels yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're like Simone Biles out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no one's as good as Simone Biles. Come on. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just kind of the thing that makes it an animated show. Try. And I like what George Lucas said when he made this, too. Even just the looks of the characters said that too many people nowadays are going to making these cartoons look realistic. And he wanted it to look like an animated show without looking like a cartoon. So even if you look at, like, Try. the faces the characters have, they're modeled after marionettes. Like, the old 60s Thunderbirds TV shows, yeah. things they would do like that. And that's the look he wanted even with the characters. But the action, he always wanted to be just as good as what you'd see in the movies. Uh, even just the droid Try. stuff they have here. Like, there's a lot of fun things... Uh, in the Christophsis, there was a part where a clone punched a droid in the <laughs> face, and then he's like, ah! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and another thing here, like you mentioned with the droid humor, where the droids are arguing, and it's like, shut up, Sergeant! I'm in command here! <laughs> and then people, they're fighting over the numbers. They're like, the Arsenal, the... Uh, 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 I don't know what oh. that is! <laughs> um, but yeah, Teth is one of the oh. best planets, and even just this whole monastery, I mean... A lot of stuff still feels like war stories. You know, we have to rescue this prisoner of war. They're holding him in a monastery. And, you know, th- there's this big assault going up the, the cliff. And, you know, you're going to have this guy sneaking Try. behind the rocks and everything. And when are we going to get our reinforcements? Um, there's one problem I have here. I'll, oh, yeah, it's a little bit later. I'll get to it now. The, the moment where the clones, there's, uh, I think it's uh, Ventress uses a, a mind trick on one of the clones. And my problem with that is that if clones are susceptible to mind tricks, how did Order 66 ever happen? (laughs) True. It's like, you're going to execute all the Jedi, you know, shouldn't it be like, you know, that moment where all the clones turned on Yoda, he doesn't have to cut off their head. It's like, you don't want to kill me, or kill me you don't want to do. I always assume clones would... Do you want to kill any other Jedi? I always assume clones would be, because I mean, I guess, aren't clones the precursor to stormtroopers? So... Yeah. And we know stormtroopers are, so... They say that, like, obviously they'll take any order, but it it just bothered me. If if you can be Asajj Ventress and you can use a Jedi mind trick on a clone, then any Jedi, when they're being attacked, should be like, stop shooting at me, you will, you know? (laughs) This is the only time that clones slash stormtroopers have ever hit something in their life and just, like, they've wiped out all the Jedi. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, um, but that, that's a that's a minor complaint I have because again, yeah. you won't hear me complain about any of the action stuff, any of the war stuff, and that's the majority of this movie. What I will complain about again is a bit of the story, uh, <laughs> the fact that the second act of the movie is we need to get in medicine. <laughs> I know you love stinky and everything, but yeah. it's just not like high drama no. here. <laughs> it's not like AR yeah. Star Wars. Like, quick, yeah. we need a crash car. We're gonna crack his chest. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Don't die on me, <laughs> Stinky! Don't die on me! <laughs> I, and, and part yeah. of this is like, 
in seeing how they piece these together, the other thing I noticed is how quickly the Anakin Ahsoka relationship evolves from just flirtation to being a little oh. something more here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, do, do you notice that like they oh. went from? Well, I'm not sure I want a Padawan, but maybe, you know, we could yeah. uh, work something out here. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, they've been best friends for 20 years. I think you even mentioned that. I honestly yeah. think that because, you know, shows like this, they don't do all the episodes in order. Sometimes they'll rearrange them and say, oh, these episodes were set to air, you know, two months from now. Let's bump them up and air them early. I think this whole Jabba plot yeah. was meant for later in the season just by the way that Anakin and Ahsoka interact. Uh, and I'd like to go back and rewatch for season one again just to see how it works. Um, but I feel like there were better stories, and maybe it was just the Jabba involvement or the fact that these stories, when they'd already produced, because they worked more than a season ahead. I remember at the time season one aired, they said, yeah, we've already almost finished season two. And meanwhile, episode one hadn't aired yet, and this movie was just coming out. So they worked far enough ahead they could have picked anything. Maybe it was just having as many of the characters Try. in as they could have. But I just don't know if this plot was what we needed for the big screen introduction here. Um, uh, do you have anything else here? Yeah, I, I like the escape stuff even more than I like storming this monastery. Uh, and the oh. Obi-Wan adventurous fight, like, I'm glad you brought that because there's basically two lightsaber battles in here. Uh, and I think this one tops even the Dooku-Anakin uh, one, and they're supposed to be the more powerful ones. Uh, what I find interesting is just is that the, these are the two characters that we battle because... Oh. I think George Lucas kind of wrote himself into a corner when he made Revenge of the Sith because when Grievous captures them, you know, Grievous meant to be the big... He would have been the character yeah. and really is throughout the animated show the main character. He was kind of invented for that purpose. This is the leader of the clone, yeah. you know, the, the army against the clones. So this is the Clone Wars, you know, enemy commander. But he introduces himself to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith at the end of the war and says, you know, I was expecting someone, you know, yeah. your reputation to be a little older. So if you watch this show, Anakin and Grievous are never in the yeah. same room together, which means they can never fight, which is why Ventress was such an important character to carry over into this. And even Dooku, because those are really yeah. the only, you know, villains that Anakin can have lightsaber battles with. Um, it would have been fun, I think, yeah. to have Grievous in here at some point. He's probably the only character that doesn't make an appearance, and I'm a big General Grievous fan. But, like, this yeah. battle between Obi-Wan and Ventress is just amazing. And what I think makes it better is because Obi-Wan and Ventress don't fight each other that much in the show. So, having gone through the show several times, Ventress is kind of meant for Anakin. You know, it's cool to see him fight Obi-Wan. And again, I, they really got what Ewan McGregor, the swagger Ewan McGregor brought to the role. Because I love Revenge of the Sith, just the arrogance he has when he fights Grievous. And in every battle that Obi-Wan has, even if he's just the negotiator or if he's here in a battle, he's just Try. cocky and arrogant and he's just messing with the people the whole time, you know? Yeah. And it's just so much fun to watch Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan is the character Try. I'm glad they're giving him a spinoff now because you can do so much with that character. Um... One other fun yeah. fun line here where Anakin is looking at him, he's getting sick, and I tried to tell, again, we said we can't tell he's getting sick. Yeah. So he's turning every shade of green except the one he's supposed to be. <laughs> um, well, that's a uh, bit racist. Like, I mean, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> skin color. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of other, you know, races you cannot say that uh, <laughs> line to words. <laughs> that, that's, that's against green yeah. skin. You, you know, you just got to, oh, that's disgusting, yeah. Anakin. <laughs> Uh, he might as well have called them the, the G word. <laughs> Griga. <laughs> oh, no. You did not say that. 
what? <laughs> that wasn't bad. <laughs> A long time ago in a racist galaxy far away. <laughs> Don't say the G word in Star Wars. <laughs> Trial. We've now given the G word an official name. <laughs> Come on, people. We're saying it in historical context here. Okay? Yes. <laughs> you know. Come on. We can't change all of history, right? Trial. When they say it to each other, they just change the ER to an A. was um something that was a big deal before this movie came out was uh the fact that we get to see them jump into hyperspace and i remember watching phantom menace and attack of the clones and you never actually see that like hyperspace effect that was so cool in the original trilogy and you know people so often will criticize george lucas and say you know he's just trying to one-up everything he did in the others and you know it's just bigger and better or it's just bigger but not necessarily better he always was adamant he wanted certain things because he knew the technology right. in, you know, A New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi wasn't, you know, up to what we see in these others, and especially the effects and just the scale. So he wanted certain right. things to always be special about episodes four, five, and six, which is why we never see a hyperspace jump in the episodes one, two, and three. Never thought about so that, it was such actually. a big deal. <laughs> yeah, you actually noticed that? Well, I mean, it's not something I guess. I've got my little notebook, like, oh, where's the hyperspace? In... <laughs> no, not in Phantom Man. Oh, not in Attack. Oh, shit, not real. There we go. There we go. Clone Wars. This is what I was waiting <laughs> wow. for. But no, he, like, he, it was important to him that it had that effect in episodes four, five, and six. But when they made the anime, it's like, well, we're going to be making this show wow. every week. You know, we might as well do a hyperspace effect. That was such a big deal. It, it got to a point where they announced it, like, I think two weeks before. I remember news stories saying, like, Clone Wars will feature the hyperspace jump not seen yeah. since Return of the Jedi. Uh, that and the controversy of there's no opening crawl. It's going to be narration, you know? Which, which, <laughs> Those are big news stories. Which, it's interesting because, um, like, I remember seeing Rogue One and not seeing that. Um, and then kind of, I think, they explain that, saying that how non-episodes would not have it because they're different. Um, yeah. And that's why I kind of... In watching this for the first time, I was kind of glad that it didn't have it because then I thought, like, that's kind of a continuity thing that I kind of think makes sense. And, yeah, I mean, I get the, you know, Star Wars fans, they see a movie, they want to see that. But, I mean, I think it is explainable if you're not watching one of the episodes that, yeah, you kind of need to be a little bit different. Yeah. That's my But, yeah, that's the end. Yep. (laughs) Um, We've got, let's get any more, you know, ethnic slurs that we can create yeah. for the Star Wars universe. <laughs> no, I think I've I've alienated the aliens. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing, did you get the Die Another Day reference, Colin? I did. I wrote it down. Um, I blocked it out. When he, 
blocked it out. Uh, when he gave him the pill, <laughs> and then she says, "Oh, looks like you're gonna live to stink another day." <laughs> no, I didn't catch that. <laughs> Sorry, um, just had to write that down. So you finally like Ahsoka because yeah. she's quoting <laughs> the one of the worst James Bond movies. No, because you know I don't really like that quote in Die Another Day. That's one of the few things I don't like about. Oh yeah, that's I right. Think that's- that was one of the things I liked about Die Another Day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, obviously, we, we get kind of um, Dooku here and claiming that uh, the Jedi have killed little stinky. Like, I mean, like, he's really like the thing I don't get with Jabba too, like with the whole dumbing down of him. Like, he's this big ass warlord guy. If he legitimately thinks they killed his son, why doesn't he like send off all the bounty hunters to, like go fucking rip shit into the Jedi? He's still just sitting and chilling. He's just all like... Yeah, exactly. He's very lazy and idiotic in this movie. Yeah, he's just kind of like, I'll just sit here and chill. <laughs> Listen to Jedi Rocks. <laughs> um, I wonder if they wrote Jedi Rocks around about this time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when we get to Return of the Jedi and I utter the words, I actually don't mind Jedi Rocks. We lose everybody in this... Uh, <laughs> Ben, we put up with it for die another day, but we would not put up with it for Jedi Rocks. We're out. We're done. We're out. It's it's fine. Um, I do kind of like the little scene, though, when they're, like, um, they're chatting on the spaceship and sort of they're talking about Tatooine. You know, oh, it's your home planet. Oh. Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, I never thought I'd have to come back to this dust bowl again. Why? I'd rather not talk about it. Because you killed yeah. sand people, you prick. I hate them. I hate all of them. <laughs> Uh, Except for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just, like, there is a whole lot, like, you you got to admit, there is a whole lot around Anakin's character and Sand, because, like, yeah. you know, I don't like Sand, it's coarse, it's rough, it's irritating, get there everywhere. Like, he kills Sand people, uh, Sand, he doesn't like Sand, so Sand people, and he's not going to like them. Um, and then in this movie, there's just, like, this whole stuff around Sand. Are, are they doing that deliberately with him when he's, like, in that fight with Dooku? Because I swear, they're just being like, you know, ah, oh, remember when he doesn't like Sand in Attack of the Clones? <laughs> Let's have him get attacked by Sand in the planet. <laughs> 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 I love you notice that. I just was laughing in that battle, like, oh, my God, look, he's throwing Sand at him. That's funny. He hates Sand. Um, that, that was Dooku's thing. How did he explain this to Jabba? Well, why would a Jedi Knight kill my bi- cute little baby Stinky? And it's like, you know what? Stinky was playing in the sandbox and Anakin just snapped. <laughs> um, I like this battle when they're kind of coming through the uh, to Tatooine and they sort of get shot down and she's like, oh, I told you you should have put the rear shields on. Um, oh, yeah. She's a little bitch here, I have to be honest. But I mean, it's... <laughs> It's kind of funny, uh, you know, like, she's just so chilled and relaxed. I, I do, like, as much as, like, I agree, like, how they just all of a sudden seem to be besties, um, you know, like, oh, regaling war stories. They've known each other for, like, what, a day? Not even that, because yeah. they say that, oh, you've got one planetary cycle to do this. Um, but, like, um, I do kind of like the way that Anakin just, like, he goes off at her. And it's kind of, it's like, I guess this is sort of... I couldn't imagine Hayden Christensen doing that. Like, I mean, I'm not... I don't want to rip shit into Hayden Christensen because, you know, I think kind of you and I might defend him a little bit more than other people might. Better than Natalie Portman in the movies. (laughs) Um, But, 
yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, I just kind of I liked sort of this take on Anakin, the way he can kind of snip back at snips, if you know what I mean, and it kind of mm-hmm. it feels more believable, like. Matt Lander, I think, does a good job with the way he sort of does his voice and kind of the way he does it. Because, I mean, I don't know, like, the fans at least kind of like this sort of version of Anakin compared to Hayden Christensen. Because I guess, you know, he's generally pretty, uh, well, largely Hayden. I know he kind of got that standing ovation recently at the Star Wars Festival, but I don't know. Um, I mean, again, it's it's weird because it's not like you would think this entire show was... Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka, and they kind of created that to be like, this is our trio, because they knew they're not going to involve Padme in a war story. But because the show always jumps back and forth, um, where, you know, throughout 22 episodes in a season, you may only have six or seven of them that are even about Anakin, Obi-Wan, or Ahsoka. Um, Everything with this show, all the opinions of fans were so slow to change, because it's not like it just took one season, you know, for you to notice something. And by the time you did notice, it's like, well, this character's been gone for half a season. You know, I like Ahsoka now. What what was it I didn't like about her before? Uh, I I wouldn't say anybody really, you know, had opinions one way or the other about Anakin or Obi-Wan. It really is Ahsoka that people got sold on, and it's that Anakin-Ahsoka relationship, and especially, this won't give anything away, but, uh, you know, the way that Ahsoka's character is written out in season five, it kind of ties back to the first thing they say here about Anakin, and I think that Anakin has a pretty complex character throughout this show in a subtle way because of the relationship with Ahsoka, because they even have that line, Yoda, and I I don't know if it was at the beginning of the movie or the end, where he says something like... uh, you know, harder for him to let go of the Padawan, it might be. Uh, harder yeah. for him to let go of the Padawan, it might be. <laughs> we can't do it in our own voice. It just harder than the Padme, that like, just doesn't work. Yeah. It's like if you're trying to speak in Old English and you're doing yeah. it with a Texas accent. It's just not going to work. You have to Or, or, or Texan yoga. Yeah, yoga, Yoda. Um, <laughs> Yoda's yoga. That's the only Star Wars tie-in thing we've never had before. Downward dog position <laughs> but, you must take. <laughs> but um yeah it's just you get a lot of that and it happens so subtly that i think all the characters by the time you get to seasons four five six they're just really complex and i think everybody really loved this entire you know uh cast of characters i'm not gonna say cast of actors but i actually think that matt Lantern, like i've seen him in other things i mentioned last week you know the tv show timeless that he's on right now which is actually yeah. quite popular uh that was like i think only the second maybe the second or third thing i'd ever seen the first thing i'd really paid attention to him in is a real actor i think he's a better voice actor than he is you know an on-screen actor mm. to be honest yeah i'd agree with that because um yeah i think i touched on the fact that yeah i had a very good friend of mine uh at the time probably not anymore um, that's a bit mean, Ben, but, uh, it's true. Actually, you met, you met him. You met Anthony. Um, so. Yeah. Anyway, hi, Anthony. He's not listening. <laughs> he was, he was, uh, the awkward henchman in yeah. your- yes. Kill Phil. Kill Phil's Anthony Moran. Um, <laughs> the esteemed Hobart actor now living in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He he, cra- he he made a big in Hobart, so he went to correct the Minneapolis acting scene. Um, but so anyway, he um, he was so in love with Matt Lanta. Like, honest to God, like you think I'm in love with Natalie Portman? Like, because he loved Commander in Chief. We watched Commander. Remember Commander in Chief? Did you ever watch that? It was you know big for about five yeah. minutes. I like Gina Davis. Yeah. So anyway, um, and Jason Wiles from Third Watch was in it randomly as well. But uh, so but. Um, yeah, so he was just because he played the son of the president uh, of Gina Davis's character in that. So, yeah, he was like, so every time I would see his name on something, I'm like, oh, that's Anthony's person. 
Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he's really done mainly voice acting now. Just looking, he hasn't he? I mean, kind of. Mm. It's, well, I mean, except he's got a big TV show on now. But yeah, I, he kind of divides that. I'd say at least fifty-fifty. He was on all oh, the reboot of Nine Hundred Two One Zero as Liam Court. Um, and he's the voice of Aquaman too. Oh, of course. I mean, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Um, <laughs> and apparently he was the voice because he looks so good with his shirt he off. He was the voice of Eddie Brock and Venom in Disney Infinity Marvel superheroes. Still a better Venom than Topher Grace. Um, <laughs> I actually watched. Um, it was most miscast um, choices in superhero movies, and number one was Topher Grace as Venom. And I'm like, yes. Yes! I'm sure there are worse. They put fucking Julie McMahon on there as Dr. Doom. I think that was bullshit. Oh, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. You leave Julie McMahon alone, watchmojo.com. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We called you up by name. Yeah, exactly. You've got good top tens, but that was a bad call. Um, but yeah, I like Matt Lanter. I mean, this is the thing with Matt Lanter. Like, I'm sure Jamie probably would like him. I mean, he's a good-looking dude. And yet, like, he's stuck in a booth all day, probably with his shirt off. You know, he's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just here flex posting on Instagram. <laughs> Lol, just recording Anakin again. Look at my pecs. Um, it's just him and D. Bradley Baker <laughs> just comparing their six-pack all day. <laughs> um, so anyway, they crashed on the planet. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, what are we about, like, two-thirds of the way into this film? Why not randomly introduce Padme into the mix? Yay! (laughs) Here she is! Um, you know, I'm just, I legitimately, as soon as I see this scene, expect her to just come in and just be like, how you doing, guys? Let's do some politicking. See ya. I thought she was just literally gonna have, like, a two-second cameo. But, um, nope, Mm -hmm. nope, we're gonna have a whole other plot with her now. Like, I mean, like... I love Padme. Like, don't get me wrong. I was so glad to see her in this. And fucking know she was badass in this film. She's great. But it just feels so random. It's just like... It's like if they bring her in at the beginning and we kind of see sort of interchanging, like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. But, like, we are, like, about 20 minutes to go in this film. And just, like, let's just introduce this complete, utter random subplot to the entire film. And, I mean, I like it, but it just... it I don't know. It feels so tacked on out of nowhere. I mean, this, I guess, where you're sort of saying about how these are kind of three episodes. Like, this yeah, obviously... Four, really. Well, this feels like the start of a, a TV episode, because now we're just going to get this whole story yeah. with her. Yeah. So, I guess... Yeah, I mean, gonna... that, that's really the thing. You say she's introduced to the last minute of the movie, but at the time that this was, you know, its own episode, you know, she was introduced in the first four minutes. Right. Well, true, I guess. But anyway, and like, I think you mentioned it, like... Uh, she does, uh, the actress here does do a very good Natalie Portman, um, uh, Catherine Tabor. Um, just not Natalie Portman, though. You wish you were, Catherine. I'm sure you're nice, but you're not that nice. Um, so, <laughs> she finds out about Anakin being in danger. She's got to, like, you know, hide her shock and disgust at her husband, her secret husband. How do Jedi, like, Jedis are all smart and shit, right? And they can sense stuff. So, how come none of them are, like... Hmm, disturbance in the force. I feel Anakin has gotten married. Like, I, why is that never explored? Trial. <laughs> you know that scene in uh, Attack of the Clones? The sand one. Where, where <laughs> Anakin kills all the sand people, yes, you know? Because yes. he hates them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but Yoda is like, pain, suffering, <laughs> death, I feel. What about, like, every time Anakin goes in the wrong direction, it's like, moaning, <laughs> sighs, heavy breathing, I feel. <laughs> Moisture. Mo- lots of moisture <laughs> I, I actually do in all seriousness I have an explanation for that and it's kind of uh, 
like I just finished watching Attack the Clones, so I pick up a lot of this. But uh, Yoda says right at the beginning of the movie when Palpatine's asking, like, you know, do you think this is going to come to war? And he goes, the dark side clouds everything. It's impossible to see in the future. And Yoda makes several mentions of that throughout all the prequels. It's like you you literally cannot see the dark side. So if this is Anakin taking steps towards the dark side, it would actually make sense that they wouldn't have any idea about it. So sex is on the dark side of the force, basically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's where it all comes out to. You know, I've always kind of realised, and again, slight side tangent, but I just think Padme's a little bit sadistic because, like, you know, she's all like, oh, don't look at me like that. It makes me uncomfortable and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And then they flirt over weird-looking fruit and, you know, they're like <laughs> roly-poling around in the grass with the giant penis nose things. But then, like... <laughs> Is the bitch she falls in love with him after he, like, gets back. I hate them! I hate all of them! And then she's, like, hugging him. Like, she's all like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm marrying a badass right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, when he became a murderer, he became appealing to her. (laughs) Annie, hold me like you did on Naboo. Um, You're so dangerous, <laughs> killing those sand people. Yeah, you should grow a hating people. You should grow a man bun. Only bad people <laughs> hate people. Yes. Oh, take me, take me now. <laughs> Get me pregnant. Um, <laughs> oh, Natalie, you can say whatever you want to, and I'll do that. Um, oh. Sh- <laughs> But I, I, I kind of like this random subplot with the fact that, like, you're talking about, like, planets. Coruscant's, like, randomly one of my favourite planets because it's a big city and I love cities. Um, it is. Yeah. But, but I love the fact that, you know, she finds out about this plot. Oh, Jabba just happens to have an uncle on Coruscant. Okay, cool. Let's go talk to him. Isn't it him? I don't get this. Like, what is this? Is it an androgynous hut? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I think it's just supposed to be, like... You know, if Jabba the Hutt's kind of like your country boy, <laughs> Zero the Hutt's like... <laughs> you're, you're very much integrated into the city, quirky uncle. The, sub- you know? the southerner. Hutt's the southerner. You know, J- yeah, exactly. Jabba's just, you know, in Louisiana or something like that. <laughs> dropping the G word every now and then. <laughs> Casually racist. Whereas his uncle, um, you know, is a bit... Modern, you know. Cr- yeah, he's, he's, he's your big city boy. <laughs> Cross-dresser. Cross um. <laughs> they did bring Zero the Hut back in another episode, though. And again, I fo- yeah. found that... I remember when this movie came out, Zero was a character where people were like, what type of terrible villain was Zero the Hut? <laughs> and then when they brought Zero back in the TV show, like, years later, I'm like, Zero's yeah. a pretty cool character, actually. I don't, like, I don't mind. It's, it's kind of, like, quirky, interesting, you know, speaking, like, English and just, I don't know, it's just kind of randomly funny. Particularly when they land and we've got those, um, the aliens playing smooth jazz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And one thing I was, He's a beaten uncle is what he is. I wanted, like, the, the bit I forgot to mention, too, is back when they're at the monastery, how we have, like, random Indian style, like, like, music when they're in the monastery. Kind of, it feels weird in Star Wars, but it kind of works. But I, I love these, like, smooth jazz aliens. Then they stop, and they kind of have the look on their face. They start playing, like, 40 swing music. Um, I just, we need Brendan Fraser from fucking Blast from the Past doing his little finger-waving thing, like, going... Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh oh padme's looking good can i just say animated padme Mm-mm. Uh, you know what animated oh. padme like 10 times sexier than oh. natalie portman <laughs> no they're both on par particularly those pants her butt looks amazing like and she's a cartoon 
I'm, 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 I'm just. I am not going to object to Ben's objectifying of an animated character here because last week he was telling us how sexy a horse was. So with this creepiness, I'm so single that I'm starting to get like horny over horses and animated characters. This is not good for me. Um, <laughs> Colin on the mean has been married for how long? He's just like ah fuck it, like nah. <laughs> Um, which is worrying the fact that Jamie's so into like shirtless men. What's that saying about your marriage? Um, but um, gives you a good idea about how good my abs are. <laughs> sure. Um, but, <laughs> so we got we kind of got cross scenes here where obviously we've got uh, Anakin and uh, Ahsoka going through the sand. Oh, it's course, it's rough. It gets everywhere. Get it off me. Uh, <laughs> Just walking forever in the <laughs> deserts of Tatooine. Meanwhile, we've got Padme sort of being told off that, no, we can't, uh, I cannot help. Uh, then she kind of sneaks around still and finds out that, plot twist, Zero is uh, helping out Count Dooku, essentially, to get uh, his son kidnapped so that he can get the Jedi blamed. Then Jabba will kill uh, the Jedi and then himself be, like, arrested and taken in so that Zero <laughs> will then control the Outer Rims because here's this city slicker going to be, you know, accepted into the southern boondocks of the galaxy. Like, he's going to rock up there with his makeup on and I'll be like, hi, sweeties! And they're all just going to be like, <laughs> like, kick him out. You know, it's like somebody from San Francisco rocking up to New Orleans in, the like, the fucking bayou. It's not going to go down well. Um... <laughs> I'm, I don't know where I'm going with what I'm saying, if I'm being funny or offensive. It's 2017, I get offensive. It. I get it. Uh, you know what? Like, here's the thing. You have to say that you like to zero the hut, because otherwise you'd be homophobic. So True. It is 2017. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's bad enough at the moment. In, like, 2020, this is going to be replayed, and it's going to be like a, you know, I'm going to be hanging out with I- Matt Lauer somewhere in some dingy bar, just chilling. and. When the G word becomes a real thing in a few yes. years, like this is going to be an island. There's going to be an island somewhere in like the Pacific where it's just like me, Kevin Spacey, Matt Lauer, and all these other like every man on the planet. You know? you'll be there for some reason because you said that Padme was slightly hot. Oh, sexist! Go to the island. I'm not trying to take away from the victims. It's terrible, but sometimes there's a line. Um, ben, just don't talk. Talk about Star Wars. Yeah, do you want to get back to the movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Padme overhears a plan. She ends up getting kidnapped, thrown in um, hut jail. Um, and, again, she's like a big deal of, like, a senator and a former queen of Naboo. Where's the security yeah. detail? I mean, like, I don't know, like, how it is for former prime ministers of Canada, but, like, if you're a former president of America, you've still got, like, 100 secret service agents around you. Until the day you die. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, even in Australia, I think, like, prime ministers, ex-prime ministers are given, a, you know, at least one security guard, I think. Um, and you know what? Like, we're also only at this point a few months maybe removed from an assassination attempt yes. on her from everybody's favorite action figure, Newt Gunray. So, like, he's still out there. Yo, those random worm things that can climb through your window are long in the past now, aren't yeah. they? Like, oh, I got married to Anakin. Oh, shit, I didn't say that out loud. He'll protect you. Yeah. He, he's never home, but he'll protect he's me. He's not having an affair with a 13-year-old, Padme. <laughs> Come on. 
No wonder you're so boring in Revenge of the Sith. You're just, you're complacent. <laughs> oh, and he loves me. No. He's off having sex with children. Padme. <laughs> we should say, like, Ben's not recording this at a late hour. I don't know what's going wow. on. Three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, what? people. <laughs> what did you eat this morning? I'm annoyed because I'm recording wow. on a different computer. I'm angry. <laughs> I think that's different. Ben's dropping the G word, <laughs> accusing people of being pedophiles. <laughs> it's not accusing if you've got evidence in front of you. I mean, I've got more evidence here than anyone has against... Actually, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, don't say uh-huh. Kevin Spacey again. Oh, just come on. Uh, <laughs> Frank Underwood. Um, but <laughs> many other characters. That's not all we played. So, um, yeah, so she's in jail and she's like saying to the droids, oh, don't touch that, don't touch that. Oh, Roger, Roger, what is this? Um, and C3. What? Touch it? Why would I touch it? Oh, and who have we missed this movie? Oh, it's C3PO. Of course, here he is. Um, <laughs> saying that he's going to... Exactly who you expected would save the send day. Send help. Meanwhile, on the planet, sort of, uh, Anakin, uh, on the planet, Tatooine, uh, mentions that he's got a plan, so he sort of sends uh, Ahsoka off, uh, and then he will take on uh, Dooku here. Kind of a nice little battle. Again, his uh, kryptonite of sand is thrown in his face. <laughs> um, and kind of Ahsoka here having her own little uh, battle with Stink. Poor little Stinky here is getting, like, thrown around left, right, and centre, like, just on a backpack. Have you noticed that? Like, I mean, Jesus. Um... And kind of, I, I do like this sort of fight between Dooku and Anakin, which eventually leads to Dick Anakin stealing Dooku's bike. And then Dooku's just like, ha, 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 ha. it's like, dude, you're stuck in the middle of the desert right now. Uh, <laughs> like, not a laughing matter, mate. Who cut off his arm the last time they met each other? And he's like, he stole his bike. What a <laughs> They probably really liked that, that bike. Probably- <laughs> that was Dooku's bike. He put a lot of time and effort in. He had a horn on the front and everything. <laughs> little ribbons, <laughs> little tassels, like, you know. Cart, the spokes that clanked every time he pedaled. <laughs> you imagine Christopher Lee, like, with his little pink bike with his little tassels, you know. Basket in the front where he puts little stinky. <laughs> no, it's Scaramanga. He puts little knick-knack in there. Come on, knick-knack. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Trial. Somebody needs to do a tie-in of just, like, all Christopher Lee evil-like people just all chilling with all their side. What was it? Who did he play in Lord of the Rings? Saruman. Yeah, that one. Um, like, it just, you know, Jabba the Hutt is like, why would a Jedi kill my son? It's like, this man steals bikes, okay? <laughs> there is no, no limit. There is no, no end to the lengths he will go to. <laughs> To really mess with you, Jabba, I don't even want to go there. From now on. My bike. From now on. It was my favorite bike. You know, I want somebody to, like, redub over the scene of Revenge of the Sith. Padme. What happened to Padme? Oh, she's fine, but she ran off uh, with your bike. No! (laughs) (laughs) The root of Darth Vader comes down to him stealing the bike. Not when he killed the sand people. But when he not, I will not the younglings. The, <laughs> at the end of Attack of the Clones, now to me when Dooku shows up, it's like everything is going as planned, my master. Except Anakin stole my bike, not your bike. <laughs> the one I Bye. gave you as a graduation present. <laughs> yeah, Revenge of the Sith before he gets his head chopped off. 
It's like, finish him, Anakin. Remember, the bike could be yours now. <laughs> He'll never be able to fill in a theft report with the Coruscant PD. <laughs> Do it, Anakin. Do it for the bike. <laughs> They're watching water opera. It's like, oh, I've heard about these Jedi. Not from a Jedi, but from a bike thief. <laughs> Can we get hashtag justice for Dooku's bike trending? <laughs> and then we just have like this big social media campaign. You know, I also had my bike stolen. Hashtag me too. Yes. <laughs> Rose McGowan is spoken. Her bike was stolen too. Uma Thurman, I'm just so angry at this right now. I can, I can't. I have to talk, think about this, and talk about it later. Trial. <laughs> we are assholes. We are such assholes. Just laughing about this. Oh, it's gonna be great though. Like, like everybody who does hate Craig, Hayden Christensen, like if that actually happened, he's replaceable with Christopher Plummer tomorrow in both prequels. <laughs> He's already filmed his scenes for, like, this big <laughs> surprise reveal in The Last Jedi. Shit, quick! Erase it! Christopher Plummer! Get Christopher Plummer! <laughs> we are so dating this episode, because these jokes are not going to make any sense in three weeks. <laughs> three weeks' time, like, I don't know. Who's up next? Um, <laughs> you know, there was, a, there was that website... Actually, no, I'm not going to finish that. It's a bit mean. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, because Ben has limits. Too. There's that website where it's like predict which celebrity will die next. Um, what? Well, I don't, there's like some website, and it's like basically they have like odds on who's going to die. Like you know, when Patrick Swayze was like hanging on, he was like the number one like famous. It's a it's a terrible website, but like um, there's probably one for which male celebrity touched someone recently. Um, anyway, Hayden Christensen's not in the top ten on that list. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, anyway, so uh, Anakin still too. Kirk Douglas is number one. Oh. I can see that he is a hundred and one years old. <laughs> There's no way he didn't sexually abuse someone at once. Um, <laughs> what? You started it. <laughs> ben, ben is switching back to his desktop next week. This is never happening oh. again. <laughs> um. <laughs> Last time I recorded on this, we did Spider-Man stuff in Alaska. It wasn't that bad, was it? Um, I can't even remember those episodes. Remember when we did Spider-Man? Weren't they good days? Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what we talked about those episodes. Oh, that's right. Mary J. MJ. What a stupid bitch. Um, all right. So... <laughs> oh, God. This is why Colin needs to host these. <laughs> I don't... I, I have to stop here for a second. Yes, you should have um, about 15 minutes to go, I think. <laughs> go to deathlist.net, everybody. Oh, you found it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but it's great. Deathlist.net, where Kirk Douglas is number one because he is 101 years old. If you look at description under every person, Kirk Douglas, description, actor. Try. Vera Lynn, yeah, this description, is it. I've singer. Seen this on before. Billy Graham, yep. evangelist. Go down to number five, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Description, casual yeah. racist? <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of appropriate. Um, Stan Lee's 95? Jesus. Didn't realise he was that old. 
Where's the Queen on this list? I thought the Queen would be like Betty White, number 22. Oh, the Queen's 24. (laughs) Oh, well, she's, I mean, she's not 24. I mean, she's like 91, but she's 24 on the list. Um, Yeah, this is, yeah, this is actually like a legit, I knew this is a thing, and they kind of do do it by like old, age oldness. Um, Well, yeah. Why why is Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip on here at number 16 when he's been dead for two months? Uh, Do they realize that in America? Um, <laughs> or does red mean they're dead? Oh, okay. That means they've croaked since this list was last made. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, like I think, um, you know, Patrick Swayze was, and I think even like Charlie Sheen was on this list for a long time, and um, Macaulay Culkin when he was like really bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's not just based purely on age for the most part it is, but yeah, like all of a sudden when somebody's sick, you know, poor old Patrick mm. Swayze. Um yeah, except for Dirty Dancing. We don't talk about that. Um, anyway, so, yes, he stole his bike. He goes off to help uh, Ahsoka, and basically uh, he gets into Jabba's palace, and Jabba's all going off at him. You killed... Like, again, if you legitimately think he killed your son, you're a pretty shit dad. Yeah. Fucking murder him already. Um, it's a kid's movie, Ben. <laughs> um, and then he's all shocked, like, oh, she's not here already with Stinky. Um, I've literally written here, steals Doko's, Dooku's bike. Ha 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 <laughs> You're really hung up on this bike I really fact. am. Um, but basically, and kind of obviously between here too, Padme gets brought, I don't know why that, um, she gets brought out of a jail shell, cell. Like, Zero's like, oh, you overheard everything, or, oh, you've sent reinforcements. And, I, like, I love it when, kind of, like, all the guards get blown up, and then C-3PO sticks his head around the corner. Padme, is that you? Like, I always think it's like, I wanted to see C-3PO with a gun in his hand. Like, he's done this yeah. <laughs> badass C-3PO moment. Um, so, anyway, um, all the reinforcements come in, they arrest Zero. Actually, they try and shoot him a few times, but uh, he kind of gets away and then they get you got to understand Doko I keep saying Doko Dooku made me do it Um, and also back on Tatooine um, they basically um, Ahsoka breaks through everything brings back Stinky to Jabba oh it's a fantastic little reunion and then Padme comes through on a hologram they organise a um, a treaty because Zero basically admits to what he did and we'll deal with you later, uh, you city slicker. Um, Padme and Anakin randomly flirt over hologram, um, which is kind of like, I love the way they zoom in on their eyes. There's other girlfriends right there watching, yeah. which is totally awkward. Like, this is like, we just need like a, a subplot of like, you know, the jealous wife. Like, who's this girl you hang yeah. out with? Annie. Yeah. <laughs> You're not. You're sleeping on the sand tonight, but Padme. <laughs> <laughs> not the sand. It's coarse. It's rough. It gets everywhere. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, I randomly like the zooming of their eyes. It's like, remember when these two got married at the attack, uh, attack of the clones? Because <laughs> um, yeah. we needed to be. Re- Is that even like? Do we see them like secretly hooking up in the in the TV series or something like that? Uh, no, I, I, like the great thing about the show is that it kind of you know takes place over the course of a whole war and like the you know at the beginning of revenge of the sith where anakin comes back and it's like he's been gone forever he doesn't even know she's pregnant that's kind of the way the series was they might see each other once a season and whenever it did happen is like let's get it on now i've been gone too long you know let's be honest um Uh, you know 
I've got the most wonderful news, and like, how long's he been away? Like, is that actually is he the father? Like, <laughs> yeah, you could have been anybody, yeah. But I mean, it's uh, like like it, it's actually something I like about that though, because if this was a real right. war, you know, you're going to be deployed for six, seven months at a time, and then you come home for you know uh, one week, and then okay, you're gone for another you know nine months. Yes, yeah, true, true. Uh, well, the little rated things I do, I I kind of like. I don't know if you think about it, but like when you got hologram Padme talking to to Jabba, and even when Anakin's just talking to Jabba, it's like you know Jabba can turn around and say. I'm going to make your daughter dress like a slutty little princess in a few years' time, <laughs> but then she will kill me. <laughs> like, I don't know, just random little things I'm thinking of, like, yeah, their daughter kind of kills you in, like, what, 30 years or something like that, Jabba? So good luck with that. Trial. Yeah, what if it's, like, that's all revenge for just their treatment of Stinky, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's like, you didn't kill my son, but... You you had him malnourished, and you know you fed him the wrong you know children's Tylenol or whatever. It's like one day I'm gonna lick Bye. your daughter's face in a seductive way. <laughs> I mean that could be it, really, isn't it? Like that's just a hint. Like you know we've we've worked out all these kind of like you know um, oh god I've forgotten a name stupid little girl from the Ewok ones that she's Ray. Sindel is Ray. Ray. (laughs) Uh, So this is what we're discovering on these four episodes that we've done. Sindel is Ray, and that the only reason why, like, you know, Leia and all that are kidnapped and treated like shit, and the only reason why, like, he goes after Han Solo in the future is because he can, like, he's got some hut mind trick that he can, like, sense. He's like, you know, he's doing uh, Leia. So, like, oh, you're a parent's. You yeah. know, they had my son. Like, I don't know why he speaks like that. But um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, oh, and the movie ends. That is the worst job ever. It really was. Ever, like, that was, that was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, the movie ends. I like, I like the ending scene when we kind of get, like, Yoda and Obi-Wan and they're all sort of, you know, oh. there and we've got the music and we sort of get the Star Wars theme. And, um, yeah, that's <laughs> the Clone Wars. Again, we probably could have done that in about 20 minutes, but... Um, you know, it's us. So, yeah. I mean, we've talked longer on this than I thought we would. Um, but, fact, yeah, my kids might be out there. Maybe I should go look for them. He's not going to want to go there. I mean, it doesn't matter if he even knew Luke and Leia around. This movie's showing what would Try. make sense is that this is the last place Anakin ever wants to be. So, including that was actually Try. probably, I think, one of the best things they did in this movie. Were you actually kind of, uh, were you behind that or were you kind of making a joke about that earlier? Uh, I wasn't making a joke, but I actually kind of liked the reference okay, that he yeah. said that. Uh, I thought it was clever. Like, I mean, kind of going back to my very first point about how, you know, I like the random Jabber reference and just things like that. I like it when they do sort of little tines and just kind of the way, yeah, he says like, oh, you know, I thought I'd never come back here. And she's like, oh, why? And it's like, oh, I'd rather not talk about it. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. one of these little random ones that I kind of like that they reference it. Yeah. And again, we're, we'll talk about the other movies, you know, one day. But there's a lot of things where people say, wow. I think the two biggest ones where I think George Lucas took a lot of care to explain it if you pay attention to movies without actually, wow. you know, slamming over the head with it. You know, Anakin has no desire to go back to Tatooine. And he also doesn't know he has children. And the Emperor, even if the Emperor knows the twins exist, he doesn't want Anakin. Because if Anakin knows about them, that's what eventually turns him wow. back. So he wants to keep Anakin thinking they're dead or whatever, because there's no reason Palpatine would tell him, yeah, they're dead. This is like complete rabbit trail. The other thing, because I don't have much else to add here on the end of the movie, uh, is when people say that Anakin, well, how come he doesn't recognize C-3PO in Empire Strikes Back? You know, it's the same thing. It's like, well, how come Uncle Owen doesn't recognize C-3PO? Well, Owen is like, it's not even his house when they're there in Attack of the Clones. 
you know, there's no reason to think he would. Plus, these droids, he kind of mocks droids. Droids, are, that's like saying, you know, if, if 20 years yeah. from now I walk into somebody else's house and they have a dishwasher installed and it looks yeah, like right? a dishwasher I used to have, that must be my dishwasher. <laughs> like, a droid is an appliance to these people. They don't care. And there is kind of a reason I'm tying into this here, you know, with uh, Anakin right. not recognizing 3PO and Empire Strikes Back. Well, one, 3PO is never identified by name, and we've seen these protocol droids are all exactly alike. But also, even though he made 3PO, they show throughout, you know, a, a Revenge of the Sith and in this animated right. series, R2 kind of becomes Anakin's droid, and 3PO becomes Padme's droid. So Anakin basically never sees 3PO again after that one time where, you know, he picked him up in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> uh, but again, complete rabbit trails. Just, uh, I, I'm going to enjoy one day all the people who say, well, this is a plot hole, actually poking holes in that. Um, uh, a couple of the small moments I liked here, when they did crash their ship, the fact that when they walk away, there's this very quick shot of the Jawas kind of peeking mm. and then sneaking up. Like, it's a total Jawa thing to do. I thought that was great, especially since R2 was in the shot uh, and they're kind of staring at him in the distance. Um, and I guess just lastly, the uh, the thing with the deception plot. You know, right. I said it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think this was done better in the prequel movies, right. just how palpable. Because you mentioned Frank Underwood who's now played by Christopher Plummer, but um, <laughs> but uh, I, I always, you know, feel yeah. like Palpatine is kind of Frank Underwood. I mean, it's it's House of Cards, and as much as I don't like the way that his whole deception has worked here, we're going to use a mobster to play, you know, separatists yeah. and a government off of each other. That doesn't really make sense. I always love that Palpatine, that is his game. It, he doesn't care who wins this war. It's just make sure the war drags on as long as possible because then I'm in power longer. We the always... longer I'm in power... Oh, sorry. You paused awkwardly. Well, I was, saying, no, but I was Bad, just saying, the, the longer, the longer <laughs> he's in power, the more chance he has of, you know, turning Anakin to the dark side or whatever. I mean, it's all just political games for him. And I, I feel like that's oh. done better in the movies, but I still like that they kept that consistent here with Palpatine. I was going to say in um, which dates this and the fact that the episodes that we mentioned this won't be released till like middle of 2018 because that's how far ahead we are in recording our lost episodes but yeah. um, we basically just came up to the the viewpoint which uh, Michael Emerson aka you know Benjamin Linus from Lost amazing Michael Emerson uh, he basically should be the new Kevin Spacey because he's such an amazing actor and he's not really used much anymore but, uh, so oh, I thought you were going to say he was inappropriate with somebody <laughs> no well I mean you can imply that but I mean it's probably yeah. by the time this gets released in like a week it probably has come out anyway but um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Michael Emerson is Kevin Spacey I think we try to start off with but in, in the good way like in the pre-October 2017 way when you could utter the words I like Kevin Spacey and you weren't considered to be a perv. Um, so can we just point out that there were numerous episodes in the past where I think you and I talked about how amazing Kevin Spacey is. Yeah. We didn't right know, people, all right? We didn't know at the time. Yeah, I think we started DC Month and we're like, Kevin Spacey's underrated as Lex Luthor and like a oh. day later. <laughs> Again, we uh, let's be honest, we killed Roger Moore. Uh, yes. <laughs> We, we we hurt Kevin Spacey. Well, not yeah. as much as he hurt the victims, of Try. course. Um, <laughs> I meant that not to sound as sarcastic as it did. That was yeah. dick Ben. But, um, yeah, so I guess kind of uh, 
box office, uh, I mean, this, as we know, was released in the theatres um, and it earned uh, $33 million internationally, which, I mean, for an animated film, I mean, that's pretty decent, right? I mean, I know a lot of people, like, as you said, kind of compared this to Star Wars, like, oh, this should be making, like, $400 million. But, I mean, for an animated TV show to make $33 yeah. million, dollars, I mean, that's pretty darn good, if you ask me. That's wow. where the, I think the reputation of this movie's changed over the years, because uh, it's interesting, even if you go on Wikipedia's page, if you read the critics' reviews, they're publishing critics' reviews yeah. saying, like, this is the first Star Wars flop. And then they'll follow that with the box office and say, the movie had an $8 million budget and it made $70 million worldwide. The movie was a massive yeah. hit. I mean, it made a ton of money for them. But also, it is just... It was a way to launch the TV show. I mean, if we look at the release dates here, the movie came out. It's it's a little bit longer than I originally said, yeah, but the movie came out October or sorry, August seventeenth, two thousand eight, and the TV show debuted. Uh, yeah. I think the beginning of October. So yeah, October third. So you're looking at a month and a half, you know, in between these yeah. airings. There was no way they expected this movie to be playing in theaters five months later, you know, like it was uh, Avatar or The Force Awakens or anything. Um, This was meant to generate interest for the TV show. And I think even just domestic 35 million box office, I mean, it obviously succeeded in doing that. And when you look at the ratings of the TV show, I mean, it, it... I doubt you're going to get ratings like that on the Cartoon Network, even if it is Star Wars, if you didn't have something to lead into it like this. I mean, box office mojo statistics, I mean, theatrical releases taking out of all the freaking special editions and everything here. Uh, I mean, clearly the lowest of the Star Wars films. That's not even, you know, 35 million. But yeah, again, like everything you said. Uh, I mean, interestingly, if you want to sort of know these people at home listening, uh, the most critically acclaimed of all the Star Wars film, often regarded as maybe one of the greatest movies of all time and greatest sequel of all time, blah, 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 blah. Empire Strikes Back, that actually was the uh, least successful in terms of the box office. So um, there, there's a little random fact for the people at home playing there. I, I'm disappointed that Attack of the Clones, the IMAX experience, only made $8 million. <laughs> actually, <Re-release. laughs> it, no, I, hey, let's talk about that really quickly too because wow. that was the first movie, or I think only the second movie, to ever get an IMAX release. Um, so, so it is a little bit different because I think Apollo 13, they did it because I remember seeing Attack of the Clones in the IMAX and because they couldn't show it, it's not like nowadays where there's an IMAX theater wow. in every you know a local multiplex you had to go to a specific IMAX theater that usually just show nature documentaries. And their projectors were so big, and just the whole system for playing the movies, you couldn't have a running time over like an hour and 50 minutes or something. So I remember watching Attack of the Clones IMAX, and 30 minutes of it was cut out. And they're only playing in like, you know, a handful of theaters across the country. So even that, I think, was big box office uh, for, you know, IMAX at the time in 2002. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace in 3D only made $43 million. Did you go see it in 3D? I remember they were going to re-release them all. I remember going to see it in 3D. And, and again, uh, even it's it's funny that like Star Wars movies, there's this yeah. expectation that they all have to be massive. Because again, for a 3D re-release of a movie that was considered to be not well received the first time, that's pretty good box office still. Yeah. Look at what Beauty and the Beast, I think it was yeah. Beauty and the Beast, which is like this classic movie. Beauty and the Beast 3D's re-release probably did the same amount, if not maybe even less. Jurassic Park. I mean, Titanic. Re- oh, we'll get into that. There's a whole other thing. But I, I guess this is a different list. They often 
sort of lump all these into one with a few asterisks saying, like, includes this re-release, includes this one. But for whatever the reason on this article, they've got them all separate. So, um, anyway, there you go. But, yeah, so critically, um, I mean, I actually, I didn't realise this. I've just read here that according to Rotten Tomatoes, it is the worst rated Star Wars film, even more so than the holiday special. Um, what? Well, that's, I think, because it says here the um, the averages have fewer reviews for the Ewok films and the holiday specials. So, according to, this is Wikipedia, 18% this has uh, approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critical consensus says, Mechanical animation and a less than stellar script make The Clone Wars a pale shadow of George Lucas's once great franchise. Um, and then there's a one here from film critic Eric D. Snyder. Remember how people talked about the Star Wars prequels like they were the worst movies ever made when really come on, they weren't that bad? The Clone Wars actually is that bad. Um, And I I mean, so what? The six episodes, not including Force Awakens, uh, rated between 55% and 90%. So, like, what? The Phantom Menace, which is generally hated so much, has at least a 55% rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Really? Like, well, the film is hated that much? <laughs> and again, I think that kind of just goes to show that it's not hated that much. And that's one of the oh. things that I've always sort of been bothered by is that just because you have these vocal fans on the internet that say it's the worst movie ever made, they convince the world that that's the world's opinion. When meanwhile, you look at it and, you know, people still like that movie. It's not, I don't think it's anybody's favorite oh. Star Wars movie. Other than Jamie, it's Jamie's favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, but, but her Jamie, favorite Batman's Batman and Robin. You. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't have the best judgment, people. Uh, but still, I mean, there really isn't... Among Star Wars fans, there's nothing that's not well-liked oh. other than the holiday special. Uh, <laughs> so for this to have that bad reviews... But even just in comparison, if you look at... You know, IMDb is a good example. Um, if you look at the the movie, I think it originally, when it first came out, it had like a f- low fives, like 5.2 or 5.3. And now it's like a 5.9, you know, nine years later. Then if you look at the TV show, if you go from season to season, I mean, if episode to episode, you just see the IMDb ratings for these things going up with each season. And it really just backs up what I was saying that, you know, this started as people were like, well, this is an interesting idea. I don't think they got it, you know, perfect in the movie. But by the time they got to season four, five, six in Clone Wars, it's just unbelievable. I I I will go as far as to say that at one point, Clone Wars was probably the single best show on television. I um I read a very interesting article in the last week, which we might talk a little bit more next year when it comes to uh, Jurassic Park month. Uh, but there was some guy basically just ripping shit into Jurassic World and basically comparing it to The Phantom Menace, saying that when The Phantom Menace first came out, no one was really ripping shit into it. They were like the nostalgia goggles were on and people were excited. And he published like an example of a, a review from like, you know, people or entertainment weekly, which was kind of positive. But he said that as the years went by, people realized how shit it was. And now it's, you know, often sort of not that good. So he's kind of like trying to use that as an example with Jurassic world saying that like, yeah, it was great when it came out, but let's be honest, this movie's shit. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with his opinions. Like he was kind of, some of his stuff was decent, well-written, but others, I'm like, dude, you're just like a bit of Betty here or something like that. But um, anyway, that was just a random little tangent to go on to. Um, but yeah, so um, obviously, I mean, it was nominated for a Razzie Award, Worst Prequel, Remake, Rip-Off or Sequel. 
Um, I couldn't tell you what won that year. I probably should if I did my research. But uh, anyway, I can maybe look that up quickly. But um, I think, uh, obviously, the, the main thing to take out of this was that, uh, you know, in terms of sequels and things like that, well, clearly it came a TV show. So um, <laughs> anybody out there who really likes this and want to kind of go out there. And you said it went for five seasons, six seasons? Yeah, well, five full seasons on the Cartoon Network, and then the sixth season was sort of 13 episodes that they completed uh, and released directly to Netflix. So I'd call it five and a half seasons. Five and a half seasons, and then there's Rebels, and isn't there another one post-Rebels now? Isn't there a new one from memory, or...? No, not yet, but I think they're they're winding Child. down Rebels now and uh, eventually, you know, going to replace it with something else. I will say, like, they basically, for Rebels, because of the Clone Wars series, they were employing all these people, and they, they even went as Child. far as that there's several unreleased episodes of Season 6 that they've kind of, you know, released, like, Child. you know, just the... the the sketches and stuff and you can read what the stories would have been so they're very dedicated to making clone wars going forward and it really was just disney wanting to own you know the show that they were airing but pretty much everybody from clone wars moved over to rebels uh i will say it's just it's not the same and part of the reason is because rebels is just one crew they're not characters really familiar with from the movies which i don't think matters but it's just the same characters every week. It feels like your typical animated show. And what really made this special was that, you know, you didn't have to have, and we're reviewing the movie here, but the same goes for the TV show. You didn't have to have the main characters in every episode. You could have just, here's six clones that you've never met before. And we're going to have three back-to-back episodes just with these guys. And here's this one background Jedi that you see, you know, in the battle of Geonosis, let's give him two parter, you know, um it was just it was a very different show and i as much as i think rebels is it's okay and it's cool they brought ahsoka back at least uh this show is just completely different and i think if people watch this movie and you're not in love with it give the tv show a chance because it is so good and uh, this is like the perfect launching pad for it so you still do have to kind of watch this to get in context i will say uh to back up my uh thing about the razzie uh, so the 29th Golden Raspberry Awards, Star Wars Clone Wars nominated for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff or Sequel. Also nominated that year, Speed Racer, Disaster <laughs> Movie and Meet the Spartans jointly. The Day the Earth Stood Still, the remake. I didn't mind that remake, actually. Um, and the, what won that year? Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, so Again, a little bit unfair, the criticism there. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Oz Network. This is why we are the Jar Jar Binks <laughs> of uh, podcasts. Uh, so I guess we move into our review, the one that counts. Uh, so who cares about this 18% and Rotten Tomatoes when it comes to us here? Uh, so clearly in our month, uh, I've been to rented one. I think you bought last week, didn't you, from memory? So uh, we've had at least one buy. But uh, what are we doing with our final uh, final section here in Star Wars month, Colin? Yeah, I don't. I I feel like I, I could review the TV right. show and definitely give it a buy. It. Um, I look at this more as like the pilot for the TV show, and I, I think there's enough problems right. with it that you know I, I can't necessarily say I'd buy this one, even though I really enjoy it. Especially I think the first two thirds, right. uh, especially the stuff on Teth. But you know, whereas I said I gave 
you know the right. uh, did i bin the first ewoks movie too i think yeah you're pretty sure you yeah. did yeah yeah and i, I gave like a mild right. buy it last week to battle for endor i kind of go just a little bit lower on this and give this a uh very very strong rent it you know it's right. not quite something i'd say rush out and you know buy this now because it's something that I bought and have not watched nearly as much as other Star Wars stuff. Um, but it's definitely worth a, a watch, and I think it's a fun movie. Um, well, I'm going to surprise you and surprise myself. I'm going to buy it. I actually really enjoyed it. I just, I don't know. I just didn't expect myself to enjoy it as much as I did. And, um, I mean, yeah, I can see there's definitely some things that are kind of, you know, like, huh. Um, but, I don't know, I could see myself watching this again. I, I'm not necessarily going to add this into my rewatch when I've already got fucking eight films to watch in about, what, like, 11 days. So, and I've still got to watch four other Marvel ones. I'm, I'm a busy person, people. Um, but, yeah, I, um, I'm i going to buy it. I think kind of we've, if, we'll probably do this in our preview episode next week, but if we rate these, I, I honestly think kind of in order of release from worst to best. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I kind of... Just, I like the action. The action just felt so good. And, um, yeah, I mean, this kind of has, has tickled my fancy for the uh, the TV show a little bit. That could be put on my ever-growing bucket list of shows to catch up on. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy this one. There you go. All right. Yeah. Thank you. You're, 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 <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> we're we're going to walk out of Star Wars month and you'll actually be speaking to me still. <laughs> yeah, I bought, I'm finally part of Star Wars, you know, movie. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So uh, that's Star Wars month, sort of. We've still got a uh, couple bits to go. Obviously, next week will be our Last Jedi preview episode. Colin, get excited. I mean, this is legitimately yeah. basically a week away now. I mean, look, this is... I don't know. This is... Maybe as you get older, time just really goes by so fucking quickly. But, like, I, I remember the day I bought my ticket to see Force Awakens. I, I remember seeing fucking uh, Phantom Menace. Um, so, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I just, I'm so excited. Every Star Wars fan's excited. So, we're going to be doing a preview episode for it next week. And then, of course, as we've kind of alluded to a bit, uh, we will be doing uh, a spoiler review and a spoiler-free review to kind of cover both bases out there uh, just because we want to. Um Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, how ex- have you got your ticket yet? I mean, you—I you, think you mentioned they don't yeah. do midnight screenings there though anymore, do they? No, I mean ours are um, what is it like seven p.m. or whatever. Oh. I think that's yeah. They'll just do a seven p.m. the day before, so comes out the fifteenth. But on the fourteenth oh. at seven p.m., I'll be there. Uh, and I was refreshing my screen, just waiting for when the tickets went on sale. That's how quickly I bought them. Uh, but. It's funny because like a week ago, I was thinking yeah. to myself, uh, do we really, we just did the trailer. We don't really have anything else known about this movie other than the trailer. Do we need to even do a preview episode? And all of a sudden, within the last week or two, there's been tons of stuff there. I was watching the, uh, they had some Disney Try. Christmas, Disneyland Christmas thing that they had. And Mark Hamill was there and they showed like new clips from the movie and a lot of new Try. stuff in there. And then. Uh, there was the Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know if you saw the Jimmy Kimmel uh, special they had with the entire cast no. and Ryan Johnson on it. I have to check that out. Yeah, so we get a little bit of that too, and uh, it's just Try. kicking off now. And it's, a, it's such a weird thing that we basically had two trailers and nothing else known about this movie other than a whole bunch of porg memes on the internet. <laughs> and now, Try. within like a few days, all this new stuff's coming out. So by the time we talk to you next week, we'll probably Try. know 
you know, that Sindel is Ray or <laughs> Ray's mother or something along those like grandmother. <laughs> and that bestiality is okay in Star yeah. Wars because Wicket was her dad. Exactly. Exactly. I um I just feel that like now and this time next week we need to kind of just just take a little book note in history before we've officially seen Porg or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, this could be the new Jar Jar that everybody hates on. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we just need to remember this world and society when we're naive, we don't know. <laughs> I'm sure this was happening back in 1999. Like, oh, this Jar Jar, like, oh, this kind of, like, he could be cool. Like, You know what's funny about that? I was going through, like, some old boxes the other day, and I have all these old right. Star Wars magazines. And it's funny, because every once in a while, Jamie will, you know, be going through our old stuff, and she's like... You have this one weird magazine. It's like Modern Housewife oh. or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you look, there's one page in there that they had something on you know, Liam Neeson, you know, in Star oh. Wars. So I like, I would buy anything that had to do with Star Wars. But uh, there was Rolling Stone oh. magazine had Jar Jar Binks on the cover a month before Phantom Menace came out. That's Rolling Stone. So yeah, you're completely 100% right on that. Mm, just, just remember that Jar Jar Binks was on the cover of Rolling Stone. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see that storyline in Almost Famous. I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> Cameron Crowe, what are you doing? Uh, so, yeah, we'll have that next week. And, of course, um, as I mentioned there. But in the meantime, we've got uh, Third Watch Lost and um, uh, Nip Tuck coming out of our buttholes, clearly. Uh, survivors around. Uh, our John Hensley interview, great interview for Nip Tuck fans. Well worth a listen. Uh, we've got some other couple of interviews coming up from uh, people who are on Nip Tuck and Third Watch. Uh, exciting, big stars of those shows. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Colin, Star Trek, uh, you and Jamie, you've done one, but you just haven't done it or something? Or Yeah, there's only... like The show's on hiatus till January, and there's only one episode that we're behind on, but of course oh. we were behind while we were on vacation. And since we got back, we just haven't had the time to record anything because we're talking about Star Wars nonstop. Star Trek. So, <laughs> and we've got lives and baby and everything. So, <laughs> yeah, there will be a Star Trek episode to come, but people aren't missing anything because nothing new has aired since then. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So that's get excited. We're excited. Noah might. Uh, well, he will make an appearance. I guess. So to help review episodes, uh, I'm going to see it with him. Mm-hmm. So he'll make at least some sort of appearance. Better there but uh we plan to sort of have him on at least uh the episodes in some capacity and uh yeah like us on facebook um follow us on uh, twitter instagram youtube uh spotify stitcher itunes leave us reviews and everything else in between uh we obviously appreciate your support and your company and uh being patient as we go through um i don't know why i'd be patient just be patient for listening to this crap half the time so thank you for for doing that uh, i would like to send out a formally a formal apology for anybody i offended by saying the g word um but i'm sure you'll get over it um but yeah this is this has been fun star wars month and i can't wait till we actually do the proper star wars films because that will be like star wars year uh, the amount of episodes that we're going to do in each of the episodes uh, coming soon to 2019, if we're still on the air, uh, which we're going to be on that rapist island or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? It's just, it's just an island, Ben. You don't need to use the rape word. Anyway, uh, my name is Ben, Ben, and that shield is putting a crimp in my day. And my name is Christopher Plummer. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.